Welcome to the Positively Star Wars Senate Podcast. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi. May the Force be with you. Looky, looky, Simitai. He's a Jedi arriving. fans and welcome to the April 2022 episode of the Positively Star Wars Senate podcast. This episode is recorded on the 3rd of April 2022 using the power of the force or as we often call it Microsoft Skype. My name is Stephen, the Chancellor of this Senate and also the only Brit as we all get together to talk about all things Star Wars. For the next two-ish hours, maybe a bit less actually, you'll get to hear only positive Star Wars chat and stuff you can enjoy and a lots of fun along the way. There's no hate on this show because we all know where hate leads to. Hate leads to suffering. So therefore, I will say that we try to keep things as light and fluffy in here like a Wookiee. Um, actually, it just reminded me that there was something in Midnight Horizon about a Wookiee. I was reading it and it reminded me of this bit. Um, we'll get into that a bit later so this month's show is brought to you by yoda Mm -hmm. Uh, yes and there's a reason why also why i thought about yoda for this month Mm. um but before we get into things proper as always it's time to hear a quick word from our sponsors right okay uh rookie can you put that on the list please to try to find some sponsors for the show in the future please we're still sponsored by spice <laughs> yeah um, i think we might need to do some work on that but uh yeah okay anyhow whereas i'm in the uk i am joined this month as ever from my positive friends across the pond in the united states of america and this month we have going in skype random order we have ryan hello there we have ricky hello and we have Ron. Greetings and salutations, fellow senators <laughs> and chancellor. Also, also these three are known as the three R's. Um, it's pirate day. The three R's of the podcast. So roughly the agenda-ish for this show is, because we do tend to go off on a tangent sometimes, we would do our usual round the table to see what everybody's been up to in Star Wars land for the last 30 days-ish since the last episode of this podcast came out. And then we will dive into some more High Republic stuff and we will look at the Midnight Horizon book as Ryan's going to keep reminding me we need to go back and look at the two comic series that we've had for the last, well, it must be almost a year, mustn't it? When did this start? Didn't we know? January is when the uh, High Republic started. Well, January last yeah, year. 2021. Yeah. 2021, yeah. That's, yeah. That's blimey. That is a long time. Okay. So we should go around the table and see what's been happening in Star Wars land for us all first. And we start with Ryan. So my Star Warsing from the past month. Uh, let's see. I finished Midnight Horizon and then I immediately listened to it again on audiobook just to try to. I loved it, and we'll discuss it more later, but I, I listened to that one. I read it, and then immediately found it on Audiobook in my library and read it. I listened to it again, so that was really fun. And then I just went through and did a Mission to Disaster. I listened to that one again. Um, I rewatched the episode The Twins from the Visions series because uh, I found an anime called Pro Mare from the same studio, and then I was like, oh, man, 
I now I really want to watch a lot of studio trigger shows. So I started watching like Kill La Kill. And then I was like, you know what? They have a Star Wars episode too. So I watched The Twins again, which is everybody's favorite. I, so, say, I thought maybe yeah. you lost a bet. <laughs> <laughs> nope. We, we all know it's Walt's favorite one. Yep. So I rewatched that. And then I rewatched uh, Revenge of the Sith, just because that's been a long time. Um, I finished like Attack of the Clones, like the last 10 minutes of Attack of the Clones, and I went straight into Revenge of the Sith. Uh, just try to, you know, I'm trying to go through them all just to see where they sit on my ranking again. Kind of like I said last time, Attack of the Clones was better than I remember. Um, but Revenge of the Sith is still strictly, you know, top five. And I sat right through that thing in one sitting, and I was like, yeah, this is definitely, definitely one of the best ones. So I had fun rewatching that. I think it's the one where when they said they're going to do the prequels, we're all like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, let's get to that bit. Let's get to the bit where Anakin becomes Vader sort of thing. Um, yeah. So I think we all knew that. Which, was you know, it's hard telling a story going backwards, doing all that stuff, because, like, he had to have a reason to kill Padme. He had to turn him evil. So it, regardless of what the reasons were, and he turns immediately from uh, Lepi quotes, quotations, savior of the galaxy to slaughtering younglings it's like eh, it's loose at best but they're telling a backwards story so it's it's great going back through it again it is still my favorite of all of them yeah. well i wouldn't rank it as my favorite attack but like i said i think it's <laughs> I, I still say attack of my clones is probably the favorite my favorite inching ahead of the other two for me i just think really? there's a lot more i think there's just a lot more juice and a lot more um there's a lot story, of rich story in there. There's a lot more secrets and uh, you know, and uh, cloaks and daggers and stuff. I think in that one. Is that just out of the prequels or in general? Just no, just out of the prequels. Oh. There was three. I was, I, if I had the choice of which you know DVD to put in, I would. And somebody's given me a choice. I would probably always choose Attack of the Clones first. What would you put uh, that DVD in? Well, yeah, that was that was that problem. And thankfully, I've got Disney Plus now, so I only have to press play. But you're right, yes. Where will I put that DVD in? That's a good question, Ron. In the VCR. I, I, how about I open, the, I open the barge when you get a DVD player? <laughs> I mean, at least it's not as bad as the where, am I, where the heck am I going to put my Blu-rays I've got. So I've, never had, I've never had a Blu-ray player. I don't know what professed me to buy two Star Wars and Blu-ray, but there we go. That's instantly, Ron, who, who's reading the audio book for Midnight Horizon? Is that a mate, Mark? No, it's not. No, it's someone different. For Mission to Disaster and Midnight Horizon, it wasn't uh, Mark Is Thompson. Tony something? Uh, I don't remember. It said it at the end. It wasn't Mission Mission to Disaster. Was that? Hang on a minute. No, I've forgotten. The Mission to Disaster. No, yeah, I'm getting confused. My ones. There was. The, I think it was the same uh, person that did the Crash Point Tower one. It was, I think that was, was a woman, same. wasn't it? No, wasn't it? I've forgotten already. Somebody was reading. A woman was reading one of them. I've got confused anyway. Okay, <laughs> we move on. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. <laughs> I can't remember. Okay, Ricky. Oh, uh, yeah. Let me see. What did I do this month? I oh, you know what? I did. Um, I still haven't beat Squadrons. So like, I started playing that a little bit. I did like one mission on there. It, it's a cool looking game, but I don't know. I'm I'm not really a flying game person. So because I'm not very good at it. But um, I don't know. I, I just like jumping in there every once in a while and just playing a mission. But uh, it's kind of hard to get to them because they make you like talk to every character. It's one of those games where like you walk around. And like all these like imperial officers are just staring at you in the eye, <laughs> with with their dead um with their dead eyes from a computer character. But yeah, the graphics look really cool in that game. But 
So, uh, yeah, so then uh, I did that, and then also, yeah, I, I did the audiobook for Midnight Horizon, which uh, I guess we'll talk about that a little later. Oh, another game I was playing was um, Forza Horizons 5, and, like, you can customize your, your cars that you have in there, and um, you just type in, like, Star Wars skins. There's, like, people would make custom skins for the car and decals and stuff in their Star Wars, so I have one that looks like, that's, like, Ahsoka-themed, and there's a bunch of Darth Vader ones, and... So every time I play that that racing game, I just have a, a Star Wars theme on my car. So you see, we watched the new Hope the other day. Watched a little bit of Clone Wars. We watched the um, the newer episodes, the Ahsoka ones, where she goes Mandalore. I started watching those. Played Star Wars pinball on the Switch. I play a lot of like uh, I think I'm prepping for the Lego Star Wars game that's coming out because I might pre-order that. So I'm just trying to play these other Star Wars games. And I was looking up. Uh, I was showing you guys the other day that I was looking up the uh, PC games from like the 90s. I was trying to see if I can order some of those because those look pretty cool. There was like some one that was the Droid Works game. I don't know if you guys remember that one, but uh, you could uh, design your own droid and then make it go on missions. But I couldn't find any uh, anywhere online to download it, so I might just have to find that on like Amazon or something like that. But uh, but yeah, that's been that's been pretty much it. I did watch Conversations with the Masters on Disney Plus, which was I think they made it for the Empire 40th anniversary. I never heard. Yeah, of that would have been. Yeah, they talked to uh, Kirsch and George Lucas and, you know, everyone that was involved with that movie. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of uh, I watched it years back, but I didn't remember all the information on it. But yeah, there's some good stuff in there. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like that they put um, not all of them, but some of the extras on the uh, the Disney Plus Star Wars stuff. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Besides getting some action figures, I got Hondo that I found at GameStop. I ordered an Ahsoka. From Amazon, and then I just got the Cara Dune one from Amazon too. So, yeah, so that's fun. I'm trying to complete my collection, at least get one of each character that I'm missing so far. So, but uh, yeah, that's been pretty fun. And playing with action figures, we did that. We did a whole little uh, mission with the play sets. So, I almost bought that Cantina playset, Ron, that you uh, you found. I did find it online, but I didn't yet. So, the Mandalorian one that you saw. Yeah, yeah. You can find anything online, but yeah, seeing yeah. it, seeing it in store, you know, seeing it, having it yeah. in hand is is kind of kind of cool. I, I guess that one came out like in November. Yeah, yeah. The, the distribution chain, the, the keeping track of what's been released, and then going and seeing it in your store soon after, in terms of the news, whatever, is 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 yeah. blown up. It's just a mess. They're mm-hmm. trying to keep track or trying to collect uh, whatever it is you might be collecting right now. It is very very difficult because like i say stuff that was released isn't mm-hmm. seeing the the pegs or the shelves anytime soon yeah, stuff I'm, that's on I'm the shelves looks like, new but it was actually you know six months ago yeah. or whatever yeah, there's not even any star wars sections anymore in the stores <laughs> that's like i'm well, hoping, it's out of yeah. out of favor or whatever out of but yeah it's a uh, tough times for sure it tough is. sledding it's a dark that, time. um <laughs> Lego, your your the Lego Star Wars uh, Skywalker uh, game Saga, yeah. um, is to finally finally drop Tuesday, so you can pre-order it or go pick it up in your local Game Stops or wherever. But that's a uh, I've been yeah. told is going to dro- actually finally drop Tuesday, and apparently one of the neat things about it, if anyone's following it or cares, is that in this one the Lego characters actually talk, whereas mm-hmm. before they just kind of. Like their lips move or under helmet, and obviously they, not. Mm, but, but they do that. Yeah, yeah. before they just kind of right made noises and just just didn't talk. But apparently the big thing with this one is they actually engage in and talk. Big giant open world type of gameplay has its storyline apparently, but just free range open world, go wherever yeah. you want, do whatever you want, kind of thing. It, I've, and I've played the what other I've seen ones, of it looks but... looks gorgeous. 
Yeah, this one looks a little, it looks like a lot better. And I wish I would have jumped on the pre-order thing because I would have got the deluxe edition because if you, I think you pre-ordered it from GameStop, it came with um, like an X-Wing Lego thing. And then uh, I think the deluxe edition comes with a Luke, a little Lego figure Luke. I might have to track that down somewhere. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I might get that one. I, I'm, the one thing it, it I want to play. No one seemed to be able to answer for me. Of course, not like I was asking lots of people, but whether or not it has what I think are called cut scenes, the type of, the, right, where the games have those sort of yeah. cutaway scenes to sort of tell the story as you progress and make your way through the game. No one could answer I'm it. Sure it, it does. To have that type of element to its gameplay, or is it just the free world, open world? Um, Shoot, what was the thing that got dropped, Ricky, with the figures that we'd place on top of... Um, oh, that is the Infinity. Yeah, the Infinities. It was kind of open world and free range. Yeah, yeah. Kind of envisioning that, where you could just go do whatever you want to do, collect, grab whatever you need to collect, yeah. and, and and just you know explore type of thing. I don't know what kind of challenge it's going to have. But yeah, again, looking forward to it on Tuesday. It looks gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. The, the Lego games are really frustrating to play sometimes, but like this one looks cool. Like it's It's... Yeah, uh, I'd never really played them. I, I played one for like 10 minutes, and it was like the hardest game I've ever played in my life <laughs> because there was no direction. It told me nowhere yeah. where to go. If I got spun around, I had no idea which direction was forward. There was no task to do anything, and the save points were spaced out massively. And uh, I'll just say it, I'm not a fan of the game. So <laughs> it's yeah. to people who do like it, I'm glad you do. But man, it was like, I'm not even kidding. I was so frustrated. In five minutes, because I was like, one, I I just, it's not telling me where to go. Where yeah. do I go? Yeah, it's demographic for the kid, kiddos, so to speak, whatever definitely speaks to that. Yeah, just uh, go. I'm an adult, and do. I can't figure out where yeah. to go. Like, yeah, but the kids don't care. They're just playing the game. They're just happily walking along yeah. and shooting that thing and collecting the, the bricks or the coins or the little pellets or whatever. I and guess that's true. And, and they ultimately know. Yeah, it's amazing. Play with the nephew, and he's just like, how do you know? What? Oh, yeah, you just go here and go there. Come on, come on, you do this. It's just, oh, my God. All right, well, yeah, I'm, I've definitely aged out in terms of my gameplay <laughs> as well because, right, just that sort of not having that. That free open world stuff is is a bit challenging. It's because they watch YouTube videos of people playing it, and then they know where to oh, go. Where to go? What to do? <laughs> Speaking yeah, of which, I've been, I've, I've been watching uh, YouTube videos about it. Um, that's probably what I will end up doing when it comes out: is watching people, other people playing it and uh, seeing the cutscene. And I'll say, it does look a lot of fun, and uh, most of yeah. it does look gorgeous. I have to say, there's some of it I was looking at as going that looks very Minecraftish, but they do they do emphasize that it's you know you're. You're very free to go where you want to go in this. You're not pushed down one path. Um, and you can start where you want to. Though I did also see somewhere it said that you have to complete one movie before you can get to it, go on and do another one. But you can start where you want to. I'm, uh, I'm just excited to replay the, the prequel uh, ones. Because I, I did have like the uh, the prequel, the old legal ones. And like I have fond memories of using my grappler gun to go up to the palace on feed. Or running around with Jar Jar in the Gungan jungle. Of course, I've got nothing to play it on. Is it, is it on PC? Um, it should be. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's console only or if it's... Yep. No, it's on all the platforms, but I'm unaware of the PC case status. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I might be able to get a trial so I'm not see my laptop can handle it. Of course, I've never had a console, so um, as well as a Blu-ray player. Um, you need an Xbox so you can put a Blu-ray <laughs> in it. <laughs> PlayStation. Yeah, 
Okay, so uh, last but not least, it's time to see what bargains Ron's been picking up this last month. <laughs> it's not always about the bargains, but touche, Stephen, touche. Mm-hmm. Um, I t- tend to. So my Star Wars thing didn't, didn't uh, comprise of much. I'll post some things here in the chat or whatever. But I did at a recent auction, a different auction, uh, had picked up some puzzles, puzzles from my from my childhood back in 77. And I picked those up, uh, much to the wife's chagrin, because like, you don't even know if they're complete. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to assume they're complete. Somebody held on to them for all these years or whatever so finally took the opportunity had the time with everything that's been going on and whatever uh, to complete the puzzles and sure enough the 500 piece puzzle kicked my butt um it's iconic vader and obi-wan but i did get that completed and it was in fact complete i did choose not i chose i was, uh, just gave up on a thousand piece and said oh i'm gonna assume it's good but i opened the box and sure enough the uh, puzzle was in there in pieces now obviously a puzzle is in pieces but if you know what i mean it was what? in there in in sheets uh, big enough that they completed the puzzle and then put those puzzle pieces in sheets and broke it down like into quarters or whatever oh and put God. it and put it into the put it into the um and placed it into the box i'm like oh great mm. i don't have to put this one together let me just see what it looks like it's that um iconic hildebrandt um poster luke and leia that looks nothing like luke and leia yeah. but just an awesome so i wanted to put it together just to just to see it just to know that it was all there or whatever and sure enough i go to put it all together and there was one section, one vein, if you will, of not one piece missing, but one vein. I'm going to post it in the chat. It's only good for us to see whatever. But there's a line of like six pieces of the puzzle uh-huh. right right smack in the middle. Like to me, it looks like when they took the thing apart, they realized it was one row of puzzle pieces too big. So they had to pare that down. And then when they did, they lost track of it, let's say. Or something uh-huh. happened that it did not make it <laughs> into the box. Or right da- right smack in the middle of the right puzzle. Right space. Is, is is missing um you know it's not like one piece somewhere that you could kind of get by and not notice it's not not there so that was fun it was, uh, it was good to add to the collection fun scores whatever obviously i picked up the obi-wan finally picked up the obi-wan entertainment weekly um trying to track that bad boy down and hadn't had much luck because there's not a lot of places newsstands or stores that carry magazines or whatever but i heard so I, was again, missing, I was missing to something last week uh, one of my podcasts, I just randomly said, oh, but did you talk about um, things? They say, did you know that um, Entertainment Weekly has done his last paper copy? I was like, what? Yeah, that apparently this is, so they're going to go out with a bang because I'm sure um, I, a lot of people picked it up. You know, I never bought Entertainment Weekly. I'm buying it because it's got Obi-Wan and Star Wars on the cover or whatever. So is I'm sure the they definitely had a bump in sales, but that's that's the reported um, reported truth to, yeah, they're, they're going to go online only in, in this day and age of print media is dead to some extent. There's another another uh, poor soul that has uh, befallen that such that going, going out with a bang for sure. And then happened to be um out and about somewhere and picked up i don't we've never talked about them i don't have too many of them but picked up a fig pin these these uh figures big giant pins lapel pins type of thing i don't know that i've ever seen anyone actually oh i've uh, seen them pin it on uh, yeah. yeah pin it on to themselves or whatever but picked up a fig pin of tech um mm-hmm. they're a large um what do you say two inches or so um very detailed flat 2D representation of all the figures that we've uh, come to know and love. They've done Ahsoka. They've done the Mandalorian and Boba Fett many times over just because they know it'll sell and it's iconic. So it's kind of interesting to see the Bad Batch and to see Tech. I don't know if they've done the others, but that was a bit of an impulse. I uh, saw that and um, said that was kind of cool and, and, and picked him up. What and is, um, Sorry, what just, is a big pen? pin? What is a, what did you I, I, I posted 
I posted a picture figure. of it in the chat. It's a pin, a but it's like a figure. That's a pin. So like a lapel pin or oh, you know, so you something. Wear it. You wear it. Yeah. yeah, you could. Yeah, you'd wear it. Um, like I say, it's a bit oh. big and awkward. It could be counted uh, as flares. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It would, it would count as a piece of flare. It should probably count as two pieces of flare, given yeah, sure. how, how large it is. And that is Star Wars, so it should be enough just to have that one piece, and you'd meet your flare quota from your meeting manager that requires uh, <laughs> X number of pieces of flare. A very obscure reference that we're going on and on about. Um, I, and I, I spied in on The Last Jedi. I just, I don't know what I was doing. I was flipping around. It was, I was on the DVR. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I need something to just be on. And, man, that Last Jedi is a good flick. I just, it is a shame people have their issues with it it sure it has its problems they all do but the first part of that last jedi just brings me to my seven-year-old self and just the fun of the bad guys are there the good guys are there and he's all pose all by himself bb punch it and they're flying through and yeah. destroying stuff and oh it's just so much fun so yeah um watch that and um quite as always quite enjoyed it there's there's, there's a lot of good stuff in that flick and then uh, here we are that, that movie does have like a really great opening with the whole bombing thing and then like with page dropping the, the stuff yeah the bombs and, 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 and at the time i took i had a little bit of umbrage too with the the, the slowness of it and, and the cinematic aspect of it but now i just watch it as entertainment which is the way you know i, I got you, you should be watching star wars not be looking at uh, how this guy shot it or this whatever it just goes into it or just the entertainment aspect of it yeah it's good stuff the good guys are, are on the ropes and find a way to to make it happen good good stuff ron i noticed that puzzle says darth vader versus ben kenobi yeah just looking at that yeah Ah, well, so and and likewise, was that down in the lower left? Yeah, the duels. Likewise, the um, saber colors on this puzzle yes. are um, Kenobi's with a yellow saber, and Vader's with every bit of what I, I dare not say because I just don't want to get in trouble with the man. But it just looks like a pink saber. You know, it's, <laughs> it's very, very much, very much that. that. Back nothing there. wrong with that. Nothing wrong. And with that. there was something. Yeah, there was something to because uh, the figures, the three and three quarters back in the day came. Like Luke comes with a yellow saber, and well, technically he never had a saber too, but it was just the whole thing. And I forget yeah. what the reasoning, and forgot to look it up because you guys had asked about it. To, to there was something to it, looked better on screen, or I don't know. But obviously this is seventy-seven. I think is the date on this too. Um, and Star Wars has blown up and took everybody by surprise. So they're just making anything and everything they can with regards to mm. merchandising and a puzzles. You know, that's that's kind of why I picked these up. I remember them from my childhood. The only one I ever owned was the C-3PO R2-D2 one that um, them at the um, award ceremony all, all spruced up and 3PO's got his hand mm. on top of R2. I remember putting that one together and mom buying this magic stuff that let you um, – keep a puzzle together you, you you put it on puzzle glue is what it was yeah it's glue you put it on yeah you put, yeah exactly you put well, as a kid it was magic that it kept the puzzle together but you put it on the back of the puzzle and that and, and that was a poster of mine so to speak in my room was just a puzzle hanging on the wall which i just thought was awesome and these were you know always always coveted and wanted uh, uh, type of things uh, puzzles that uh, from that 77 era so yeah they were just shipping stuff out because it's just vader and kenobi the falcons in the bit of the background and they've got a little bit of movement in, in the sabers, uh, which helped in terms of putting the puzzle pieces. They're not just uh, straight, yeah. straight lines, if you will, to help help figure out some puzzle orientations. But yeah, the black sections of this. So Vader's uh, blackness uh, and and Kenobi's dark, dark brownness uh, of his robes yeah. and everything. Those puzzle oh parts. 
pieces were the challenging. I got most of it all together pretty easily, whatever. But when it came to that, there were literally some times just like, all right, we're going to try yep. all the remaining 30 pieces. We're just going to stick them all in here one at a time and see which one fits. Yeah, it looks there- like the bottom 10 rows you don't need because it's all just black. <laughs> like It's on ridiculous. On top of dark. And yeah, the box art makes it look a little bit more like uh, Kenobi's is brown or whereas Vader's is black, but 40 old puzzle pieces and the coloration and the printing or whatever. Yeah, they were just blending all together. Uh, very, very, very much challenge. And the lighting that I had probably wasn't the best either. But she got complete and all the pieces were there. Very Ron, you might, you might remember this because you were around. I, I don't, but I've seen pictures. Weren't like the original like lightsaber toys actually yellow? Yeah, oh, I definitely have one of those still. Right. Yeah, and yep, yep, they were they were literally flashlights with plastic tubes, um, <laughs> but yeah, they were they were the, also yeah, and I'm gonna guess they were yellow as well because of the um, Puzzle. what they were seeing in the in the photos and the marketing and what was yeah. out there. Not until later did it truly get fixed or corrected. But you know, uh, it's funny because I was watching the um, one of the the original theatrical releases. I think it was for a New Hope, and like Vader's um, lightsaber did look pink. Because yeah, the way the coloring, you know, it's been it's very odd that in all of the redos and reshoots of the movies or whatever that a they don't fix R five D four at the Jawa scene where he's already moved on and then he's over the shoulder of R two. I don't understand how that one's never gotten fixed. And Vader's um, saber isn't uh, more redder fied, yeah. uh, you know, isn't isn't turned a more a more uh, crimson, a Sith crimson shade of, of red on his saber. It's seems an odd un- thing to easy thing to fix that they choose obviously choose not to for some for some reason. Mm. But yeah, that's that's my uh, my fun foray for the last little bit that I can think of. So with that frozen piece um, jigsaw puzzle, did you say you didn't put it all together? You, it was already in. Close. Yeah, when I I was surprised. I wasn't planning on it, but I opened the box, and much to my surprise, inside it was there in pieces. It's actually nine hundred ninety-three pieces. I'm going to use that. Yeah, yeah I'm going to use that joke again because it's it's funny. It's not. Um, but no, it was in there in sheets. It was in there in like four <laughs> quadrants. Uh, four quadrants and the veins down the middle because they realized to me it. Uh, yeah, like they see how it's separated. They took it apart one, two puzzle pieces too, too wide, if you will. They were trying to do it in quadrants, and it just didn't fit that way. And something happened to that one, that one vein uh, of of pieces right there at Leia, right next to Leia. Like you say, Ricky said, uh, Vader's uh, Vader's See, face. Stephen, this is why you glue them when you're done, so that way this doesn't happen. <laughs> you can just frame it. Yeah. Are you gonna glue them? Um, the other one, um, probably, yeah, I, I, I love that scene. Um, and, and I thought about the, the Hildebrandt one to maybe try to find somebody else that's selling the puzzle that's missing pieces like down in the black. Cause the bottom of that, where they're standing on the, on the mountaintop or standing on, on the ground or whatever, the bottom of that is just black on black that I could see those pieces easily have gotten lost over the years from some people to see if somebody has those middle ones and, and then i thought about it it'd be interesting will a puzzle can you combine two puzzles will a puzzle sure they're cut the same way but oh. will they truly the those six pieces that i'm missing or eight pieces whatever it is will they truly fit from another uh version of that same puzzle or 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 the cutting is off just enough that uh, they should fit you could hammer them in there but they don't truly fit it'll be if i ever find this again that's missing pieces I've never and, thought of that yeah does the machine cut them all the same way or i would imagine they are you know it, it's each puzzle is the same it's not unique but 
just enough variance off could could be you know the thousand the first 10 cut versus the the last thousand are they off a little bit if i ever find another puzzle like this and put it together i'll let you all know interesting okay i have not read the i haven't read the entertainment weekly thing yet i just picked it up to have it in the collection i'll read that uh, sometime <laughs> i'll read that for next next senate heck you could have you could have got a hold of me our store has our like local store had like four or five of them and i was flipping through it and it didn't look like it had it was too much entertainment stuff yeah, and yeah. all the star wars stuff was already released online so i'm like nah the the star wars issue with darth maul looked a lot better because it had like darth maul's history from beginning to end and i was like oh man maybe i'll pick that up i ended up not picking up either hoping my library had them but uh the entertainment it's weekly true. one is definitely just kind of collector's thing because it has very yeah. little star wars any any of those magazines like that they're truly clickbait of that era's of that medium's um tool that's out there because any of the magazines that are a part of my collection that i've picked up over all these years because they had something star wars on the cover yeah there is two three pages at best of of there's just not a lot in there of the star wars but they the headline worked got me to buy the magazine you know and and have it as part of my collection but there wasn't there's not a lot of meat inside of there is literally well, it's, um it's real world media yeah it's merch it's real world media clickbait in terms of having that cover knowing that kenobi's coming and going to drop and do exactly what it did got people like me to buy the magazine who have never bought the magazine otherwise i'll How read some that, of the other entertainment that lightsaber stuff, but... on that cover though it's like super shiny for it being on tatooine like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we never had to use it so it's in the it's in the <laughs> it's in the polished it's in the polished silver bag or whatever to keep it from oxidizing and it's well maintained that that case that um on the new hope when he takes anakin's saber out i read somewhere that that was the same it was used in another movie I Superman, think somebody was Superman or something. Oh, it's in the way. background of Superman. Trying to yeah. link it. Okay, so <laughs> it's not, I don't know. It's not the same one. Mask gets it out of, is it? She gets it out of a flipping case or something as well, isn't she? I think I people know. were trying to link it to something somehow, whatever. Everything's linked. Much like I've seen a meme going around where the little girl that's with Anakin in Ep One at the pod race is Pelly. That then is the oh, old lady that talks to Ray because they're all on Tatooine. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. trying to link the three of them, which the timeline yeah. works, but yeah, I don't know if that's what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> people got too much sand in their in their eyes. Where was that lady walking to? Because there's nothing around their house. <laughs> don't don't get into that. Don't. Get... <laughs> She's just passing by. It was a bit like in um, Boba Fett in it when all that the the rancor and the and the and the huts stuff were going to the palace and stuff, and it's like miles away. And it's just yeah. like just walked. Well, I, I think when we were talking about the the Kenobi trailer last time, like when the that scene with uh, with Obi Wan looking through the, looking at Luke with the binoculars, you know, and then Ron, I think you said like, well, where is he sitting? Because there's nothing around, you know, the homestead. There's no mountains. And so I was, I was watching New Hope was the other day. I, the first we, we was talking about it in a in a in a special thing. I think I said. Yeah, I was, and I was trying to look all the like, um, the homestead mountains. scenes. Yeah. there's nothing around all the homestead scenes. I was trying to say there's like no mountains anywhere around. Well, right was the ca- is the camera point of view perspective, so to speak, where the mountains? I don't know because like, there's some scenes. From have we back? seen all three yeah. six? Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, we haven't seen all 365 uh, around uh, their hovel, if you will, so to speak. Um, I think maybe episode two would probably have more 
looks at what's behind because there's there's scenes where they're standing behind the house i don't know i think we have seen it all the way around to some degree maybe not a uh it's just a time it's just a horizon got, that's it you know he's got the macro binoculars so you just don't know you know how he could be very far away and how powerful those those bad boys are floating on a ship I never thought oh, it's surprising sometimes what becomes mimes, aren't they, or memes, as people will say. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that 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 binocular stuff has just generated so many memes or mimes or memes. It was so easy, yeah. Just so, so easy. many of them. I have never seen some of them are funny, some are just a bit laboriously the same old stuff going on. But I have to say, so uh, I never would have thought that would have happened. But that's the world. They never they never fail to um, come up with something, do they? These days. Um, no, I was going to ask about that entertainment reading. Really. I was wondering how much of the magazine was different from what was online, but you already answered that, really, is that there wasn't any, pretty much no difference. Yeah, I had no new images, no nothing. So I was like, I ain't buying, I ain't wasting like 10 bucks or something like that. Yeah, I was like, heck no. And I think, all, I think they online would. had more because I think bucks. that day or later in the day they dropped, um, didn't they drop info about uh, Hayden yeah. and, and yeah. Vader or something? So I think online, and that's the you know I can see why an entertainment thing is going like that because print that had to go to print that had to be laid out in public you know it just the all that goes into that getting it shipped to stores or whatever was it took a month two months whatever it did. then an online presence of Entertainment Weekly can allow for you know updated info and new stuff to drop each day all that good stuff I get it it's 2022 but I can't t- well, of course you can you can take your phone with you but you know I like take a magazine to the beach and you know flip through the pages and read up on stuff kind of thing or whatever yeah so, I, I, there's different times still different good, but look, there's some things that you just want a magazine for not swiping around your iPad or your phone trying to zoom into the stuff oh yeah if it if it's a first time read I will prefer a book every single time so rather than uh digital so yeah. now probably seven, just age groups I assume it was seven bucks US Stephen oh right seven which is still salty. I don't know much it would be over here, yeah. It's, it's, it's quite like, expensive. It's like two it's, comic books. <laughs> two comic books? Unbelievable. Especially if you're not going to read anything else in it. That's uh, that's a lot of money. It's really just a collector's thing. No biggie. I, I think uh, some of the High Republic books I bought were cheaper than this Entertainment Weekly issue. <laughs> <laughs> what would be rude, and I don't know, is if this if this version of Entertainment, does it normally cost five bucks and they bumped it up to seven for this particular issue? They could have oh, easily done that and gotten away with it. I would know, but I kind of think that's that's normal. I don't. I, I, I haven't like heard anything to that. Fact. I think it's every time place. I've gone to the grocery store and I've seen like some kind of Star Wars themed magazine. They're always like around like fifteen and nineteen bucks. So I'm like, well, yeah, those usually end up being like compilations, like an Entertainment yeah. Weekly will compile all of the Star Wars things that they've done into one special episode or unique episode or look back kind of stuff and get you by and yeah i've I've passed on those over the years because they end up being the same regurgitated information uh episode to, or you know uh, magazine to magazine but to that new fan or to that new person and that kid's standing in the aisle that's that's why i collect that's that was me that kid in the aisle mom can i have that can i have that and you know you got it sometimes and sometimes you didn't that yeah, you wanted that because I mean uh, I've said it many times. That's how we had to relive the movies, you know, through the trading cards and any ancillary stuff like that. We just did not get in them released on DVD or in in a digital format mere yeah. months later to where you got that you get to watch it over and over again. So it, it just do they still have Star Wars Insider? Things. Is that still a thing? I, yeah, that was the I, one I, with Maul on the cover, wasn't it? That's the one I was oh, talking is that, about. Oh, that's the one you're trying to okay. I have a lot of those. I think I used to have a subscription or something because I, I do have a few of those. It's funny because like the GameStop, if you um, sign up for their membership thing, you know you get that GameStop magazine. Now it's just digital. They don't send. They don't. You can still get the magazine. Can you? You can still get the magazine. Hmm. Yeah, I got. I get it. 
I never look at the digital one, so I should have probably looked into that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, photos, I think it's, I like five, it's like $5 more, but oh. again, I prefer floppy to digital yeah. if I can. For magazines like that, yeah. The GameStop is where I picked up the fig pen for the Funko Pop yeah. folks or whatever. I noticed they had a five, I think it was five figure, right? A five figure collection of pops of the Bad Batch. Like, I think they were individually selling mm-hmm. the Bad Batch and you were trying to find them or collect them and everything. Um, but they had one box, a really long box that had all the, had everybody, even Echo. Um, and I think that's had a GameStop exclusive yeah, sticker. I, I, I think it's going to be. My go-to place now for Star Wars merch because that's the only place that has Star Wars. I mean, I, I found Hondo action figure there, three and three quarter inch. So yeah, GameStop's your mileage. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're turning there, into in a, terms of a, a toy what, store for sure. I mean, yeah. I yeah, love yeah. GameStop. They, they definitely got the collector's things, but yeah, you can go. You, your town can ha- or a large town can have three or four of them, and you can go. Yeah, to there's four, one like four literally right they'll, here. Yeah. They'll all have different different stuff on on the shelves because they just they have different stock what gets rotated their manager some managers of stores are good some managers aren't uh whether there's collectors in the area that scoop it up yeah a game stop's always a fun hit if you are in traveling in a different town or or out and about or whatever just if you see one just to go in and uh as as steven joked uh, to start me off whatever they they will always have a clearance rack somewhere in in the back big yellow signage or whatever and it's always fun to go hit those because game stops are expensive for for the collectors yeah it's not really a collector's thing it's the kid goes in there to want to buy a game and also sees that one not that collectors don't they did have both uh, ship there when i went to one of the game stops around here but that thing was like expensive so i'm like uh (laughs) <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's right there. Yeah, yeah. I can pick it up. Game right stops are not a place to find. Now, if you can find something on the clearance rack, you can you can score some items. But yeah, they'll yeah. they tend to have things, just a couple of them. Uh, but yeah, they'll sell them at every bit of the of the retail list price. I saw that. I don't remember what I saw. The helmets, a couple black series yeah. guys. They were GameStop, but like a knight knight brother, a mall looking guy that's in yellow was there. A, a blue trooper i can't remember who he was a fire trooper there were a number of uh, black series things but you're right ricky it is a bit of a a go-to for star wars merch no, yeah. a lot of grogu stuff a lot of mandalorian yeah. stuff that was there in, in this one particular game stop that i hit um, but yeah the stores are, are, are sparse they're they're Star Wars is definitely fun. And where it's where it really hurts is it's falling out of favor is the dollar stores. The red, yellow, and green dollar stores usually would have a small little a yeah. peg or two of some Star Wars stuff and there's nothing to be had in there. So that's how that's how you know it's out of out of sorts. Okay. It's time to talk the High Republic, I think. So we can get out of our system and cover we well, might actually for the first time ever. We might actually be talking about seven not long after it's uh, come out for a change. Just so we we've got the uh, the two comic series to to cover in the High Public, as well as the book right in front of me here. Was it the uh, older? It just says old on the side. Does that mean older adults or older children? Book Midnight Horizon. Uh, what do you want? The young adult. Middle young grades. Adult. That's what I thought it was. But they, they say older on the thing, which confuses me. Yeah. That's, the, um, that's the author's name. <laughs> yeah, author's name. Yeah. It is. It's only older. And yes, Daniel Jose Older. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I just got confused. I saw older, and I thought it meant older children. Oh, <laughs> oh man, there's always something that get, getting me confused. Okay. Uh, just to answer the earlier question, it's Todd Habercorn who reads the uh, audio book, and he yeah. did do Race to Crash Point Tower, yeah. and he also. He's, he's, also in Squad- he's in Squadrons as well. 
Really? Yeah, he's hmm. an Imperial pilot, apparently, in um, in Squadrons. I'd probably talk to him. And I was, cause <laughs> as I was Googling around looking for that, I saw, this is, this is going to make you all laugh, I saw a uh, Google Play review for the uh, Midnight Horizon audiobook, and somebody's put in here, they reviewed it, I won't say who it is, they put three out of five. Not the same about John Williams. This is the first High Republic book that I didn't really enjoy. Quite slow, honestly. I was thinking, what the heck's John Williams got to do with it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, this person really gone. I mean, it's like it's like somebody coming. Not the same about George Lucas. It's got nothing to do with it. Have they ever yeah. had John Williams music in any of these High Republic books? Well, they I'm do. Pretty some, sure they have sometimes done. They it. have that they type do a of music. Bit to start, don't they? I'm trying to think. I have listened to a few, but they do. But that's book. not what I'm looking for when I for a book. Like, I hope this book has some John I'm, Williams. In it. I don't know if he's picked up the audio book and thought he was picking up one of the uh, you know the the music um, sort of. Uh, Musical. Uh, I think the song has a lot of words. Not the same about John Williams. Like, I'm sorry that person's listening, but I mean, I, that's not actually got anything to do with the, uh, the book. Okay, so, uh, oh, we haven't even played the game. We haven't played the game, though you might know already know the answer is that I've got to say that in my last 30 days, I have been reading Midnight Horizon, the book, the hardcover book. It's, it's so funny, Stephen. We switched roles because I did the audiobook in yeah i know i know, I, know. <laughs> I, I don't know what the high republic i don't know what it's done to me but i you know, i i've gone from not reading any star wars books not reading any books at all to actually buying comics digitally listen to audio books never, never done before and now this time around buying the actual physical book only because the audiobook for some bizarre reason doesn't actually come mm. uk to like july or something um, See, I have the physical book, but like I didn't think I was going to get a chance to read it this week. I was, just, I, I was, I was disappointed. There's no pictures in it. I have to say, but I realised this is not <laughs> this is not the junior one. No, there's no pictures. In <laughs> I was get, I was getting excited again. Oh, great! I just have a quick I mean, look at some the, of the pictures. the black page that says part one. And you know, then... that's quite funny. Yeah, I went straight to that. I thought, oh look. I look at this side. It's like I see every so often. There's some black pages. Well, this is great. This is the this is the this is the images. And I thought part two, part three. <laughs> <laughs> I I do wish all the book came with some images because yeah. I'm like a visual reader, so I like to see how characters yeah. and ships really look. Look, yeah. Actually, yeah, for me because that I mean, you guys are I mean, I always feel like a bit of a lightweight in the Star Wars world here. You guys know your characters, you know your your species, you know your worlds, you know your ships and stuff. For me, when they're talking about species, it, it, I didn't get halfway through the book. I think I was halfway through the book, not going into the plot here. <laughs> I was halfway through the book until I realised that the uh, when the chaps um, when the chaps when the species the male species that got killed was like mother um, the, the stardust the, there was that kind of creature that we saw the star solo um, yeah halfway through the book until I realised that if I knew my species I would have picked up on that within the first few pages but I didn't. See- and then, like, there's ones that I know when I hear the name, but then, like, I go and check. I'm like, oh, that's a completely different species than I thought it was. I really needed, but I, I mean, Ryan sent me. I can't remember what you said. You sent me the challenge to read it in time for this Senate. So I've been, I've been reading like ten chapters almost a day. Nice. Uh, most days, I can't claim I've read every word. Uh, <laughs> but I've got, I've got. I know, I, you skipped I know, all of these. I know the story. I know the story. <laughs> And but yeah, some, I could really do it. Sometimes I could do like stopping after a couple paragraphs and googling to find out what a species. You know, they say that oh, this species, that species. I thought I, I don't know what they look like apart from the obvious. 
Like if they're down twin or something. Like I don't know what that is. Tri- and Trudex, Trudex, Trudex. I know what they look like, but the rest of them, like I can't believe it, it took me you know, half a foot to realise that that, that uh, Prybot or Prybot, Prybot, what was called, Prybot. was one of those worms they keep calling them in, yeah. in, in, in this thing. So yeah, so it's not going to be much of a crisp, really, but I won't even let you bother to guess because it could just be cheating. Really, now. I did finish this uh, yeah. in time for the Senate. I actually read the last two chapters this morning. I actually. Read, flicked through them last night. Thought there's no way I'm going to bed not reading the last two chapters. So I quickly flicked through them, got the gist of it, and I thought I'll read them slower in the morning. Stephen, so, you might have been annoyed by the audiobook because with that last line, um, it just ends, and I thought like my app messed up because <laughs> like I'm like, wait, what? He just stopped talking, and then that was it. I'm like, what happened? But yeah, it, it was kind of odd. But good, you finished it. I would, I actually would. I, I mean. Lady Proxima actually was in the book from. Yes, yeah, she was. I mean, that's yeah. one of the one of the siblings, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I imagine the smallest one. Another, said. I imagine that was another Italian. So, um, what did Ryan? Did you have any notes to sort of give us the synopsis for this book for for Ron's sake and stuff? Uh, I have a bunch of notes. I'll try to slim them down. So generally, this book takes place after Mission to Disaster. So for people who like following this stuff, so it kind of goes Mission to Disaster, and then now, which we reviewed last time, and then now onto Midnight. Horizon. So it has a lot to do with the comic characters. They're coming into this, um, which I thought was good. You know, yeah, it is the younger ones from the High Republic Adventures. So they come into it. They go to Corellia. They pretty much pick up tips that there's problems in Corellia. So they go there and they start looking around and they realize that the Nile are kind of starting to interfere in politics and starting to appear in the underground. Uh, for everything that's going on i'll skip kind of the beginning of it and i'll focus more on the end because yes. honestly this book immediately placed in my top five of, uh, the, of any of the high republic it's definitely a book of two halves yeah so and i understand people saying it's a slow beginning um you know i don't want to hear that crap because the stephen king books are a thousand pages you know <laughs> every book every single movie is a slow beginning but it feels like it's constantly building more and more and you know, one of the big reasons I read these books is because they're so heavy on the Jedi. And I was so happy that they focused. It was three oh, separate was totally, parts. One yeah. was, yeah, it's almost point of view from three separate groups of characters. The masters, you know, they they care, were kind of going on their own adventure and they kept leaving the Padawans behind and the Padawans kept going that's on their own Co- adventures. That's Comac and Cantum, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Cantum and Comac Vitus, the masters kept doing their own things. Mm. And then Wreath and Ram kept going on their own adventures uh which ram and i said this from uh race to crash point tower i believe it was he immediately became one of my favorite characters and this was 1000 percent cemented in this book oh, that he's definitely say, one of my first, top five i'll say for the first half i was at, just to interrupt that i actually I, I did love him in race to crash point tower i, I was yeah. really annoyed of him in this one because everything, everything the first half was, we'll come to this discussion a bit afterwards. The first half for me, maybe the first third actually, not maybe really the half, all felt like another, all felt like a Mills and Boons and, and a comedy sketch to me. Um, there's a yeah, lot of like, jokes, one after the other. I was like, am I reading something serious here? We're we just going to have a joke every five seconds. Um, I, and is every, and I everybody did think that everybody? too. At very, yeah, it was, at it very was really... inopportune times. It like, was really yeah, like pity in about, the beginning. It's, it's, a, serious, it's yeah. like a serious meter, and they're all cracking jokes and laughing about the situation. And Zine's like brilliant. dancing around and like 
you know. Yeah. Corbin, Corbin Buck is joking. So yeah, I, I definitely know what you're talking about. It, uh, I had to look past and the that. And so. the first, the first third was like scenes enough for Lula, and Lula's another scene. Ram, Ram loves machinery, and would you know would probably make love to a, a starship. Uh, Reef fancies probably everyone as a woman. Uh, he does. <laughs> it's so funny. He's just like, you know what? I love lot, women. I thought there's a lot of that in the first third, I have to say. But after, yes, you're right. As it goes along, it does pick up a lot more seriousness. Yeah, I do feel like the first part was like uh, the middle grade book, and then it evolved into, you know, the uh, young adult book. Yeah. And yeah, the, and then the other so point the of politics, view. The whole politics and Crinia and that whole um, espionage and, and bodyguard and that stuff, honestly, I, I had no idea what was going on for the first third. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I just made no sense. Just names and species. Yeah, I had no idea what was going on, so I just went went with the flow of it. What you know, or is that? By the time you get halfway along, uh, and sort of like crash as you go into it, crash becomes more of a main character. It was it was not more. I actually really liked the gang. Start off it's like there's so many yeah. different species, so many different characters, but this means nothing to me. I've never met these people before in my whole life. Yeah. But then when you get halfway through and they all become big buddies and they all sort of come together and stuff, they're like, I really like this crew. I might like see more adventures with them. So how many how many different uh, characters are they gonna have where their mom gave them control of their business <laughs> in these books? Because this was like the third one. Yeah, Crash had that too. Yeah, <laughs> parents are out, kids are in. It's like from the mom, and then like they have issues. So, but uh, this one didn't have issues, but the the job did. But yeah, it, I just thought it was like keep stop making the same character over and over. <laughs> yeah, glad to see a mom that isn't evil. So, yeah, that was an evil. Yeah, that was true. That's a good point. Yes, she so, made, she made but, them. Uh, carry, on, carry, carry on with the uh, uh, slots, Ryan. Sorry. Yeah. So the other point of view was, as we mentioned, was the character of Crash. She was like a, a paid security guard that does stuff. She took over the business from her mom. So and it, she was to me the least interesting character because I read it for Jedi, but she had an important part, and I'm really happy because she her introduction was in the High Republic Adventures annual comic, which in that comic, it was my least enjoyable story because it was just a security guard who I didn't know who it was protecting Chancellor So. And I was like, I don't know any mm. of these characters. Well, once I realized that was absolutely a prequel to Midnight Horizon, and it showed it showed Prybolt, it showed all of her members, like it, it literally showed what her and all these characters look like. So it's almost like if you want to know what the characters look like, read that five page story from the annual and it made me just love it as a whole because daniel jose older is brilliant and just the way that things connect like you see this you know story that doesn't mean much and then you realize it's a setup for the entire book mm. so i was like oh that was fantastic to read all that but just to get crash's story out of the way it's pretty much she sends like i said Prybolt, who's the worm you know, who's the lady Proxima species uh, and he gets killed and she spends the whole book just kind of looking for him, going through the Nile, uh, realizes that a government official who thought was dead actually joined the Nile. And, you know, she goes to the underground sewers and pretty much who it's not Lady Proxima, but it's Lady. Who's the new worm uh, queen? Oh, what's her name? Fadera. Yeah, Fathima, yeah. So she's the leader of the underground from Solo. It's you know, it takes place in Corellia, but she's the leader in this era. So and it ends up like she was gonna kill Crash because she's like, Listen, Prybolt was one of my one thousand kids, and if you can't find his killer, I'm gonna kill you. So Crash ends up finding it and 
on this politician who invited the Nile to Corellia because he doesn't like the Corellian government anymore and he wants Nile to take over. And it ended up being Lady Festima court, you know, listens to this guy's speech and she ends up killing him and crashes all cool. So, you know, that's the small part of the story. I have to say, I just want to get that out of the way. I'll say in the first third, I made sort of two. This is the trouble of making bets about how you think someone's going to go. And um, this is one reason why I don't make bets in real life, because the, for the moment that you win them on, you also lose on as well. And I made sort of two bets myself. I thought, oh, they're mentioning a certain Jedi a lot here in this book. I bet yeah. this Jedi turns up before the end. And I was we'll get to that. Right. I, I won't say it, but I was proved right. Um, and another thing was like, in, I reckon they find out at the end this Prybot is still alive and he was working on the other side. Lost that one. Um, so <laughs> yeah. that's why you don't make bets, children, because <laughs> they don't always come as you think they're going to go. So for all the money I would have won on, spoiler, won't say yet, I would have lost on the other one. Yeah. So then it's it's all these hijinks. They start to realize more and more that the Nile have an entire army on Corellia. And their plan is to steal a bunch of Republic ships because it's part of the Fallen Star story. So we all know that Starlight Beacon uh, was attacked and it's getting destroyed. And that takes place in the middle of Midnight Horizon. And the plan for the Nile is they have hundreds of Nile on Corellia to steal Republic ships, go to the crashed, act like they're going to help, and then destroy a bunch more people. And that's even mm-hmm. mentioned in Eye of the Storm number two, that yeah, that was the yeah. plan. So the Jedi realized the plan, and there's only one way to stop them. And that one way is a full-on one of the best battles I've ever read story in this book. So it pretty much turns out to be the Jedi, you know, the masters and the Padawans meet back up and they're and Oh, and they gather a whole bunch of Corellians. They yeah. crash makes this speech to the planet of Corellia, almost like, you know, to the area of Corellia. And it's like, listen, the Nile are here to take our ships to run rough shot across the galaxy. We have no military right now because they're all on the moon dealing with other problems. So they're like, we have to stop this. So you have all these people of Corellia coming together. And then with the four four Jedi, including Zine, you know, five, so, I guess you can call them. So what do we think the actual, um, what's the numbers here? What do we think the ratio numbers here? So we've got like two Palawans. They've said two there's master, over 100. Zine, but yeah, there's over 100 Nile. Yeah, because they took I mean, over the police like, force. Yeah, it seemed like two or 300, I would have thought. Um, the weather, you know, they've got yeah, like, they might... like 10 or 20, and there's like another 10 or 20. And I, and I like that, because yeah. they can solo, they... He made it seem like, you know, Corellia is like, oh, you grew up in Corellia. You must be crazy. You know, like it's the mean streets. So all these people that join them to fight are like fighters. You know, they're used to being. This is like, this is like talking about Attack of the Clone being my favorite. This favorite um, prequel series this is like Battle of Geno- Genosis, wasn't it? Really? This yeah. is, I think. Yeah, this they just were went wild. So it ended up being. Yeah, yeah, the Jedi ended up almost like the Padawans were in one group and the Masters were one. And it was just a straight on battle, like the Nile running at jedi and running straight at corellians and i loved wreath's point of view wreath almost dying again yeah (laughs) yeah wreath's point of view where he's like listen i'm all for protecting life but it's actually all of them were thinking that maybe except Rand, that it's like i'm all for protecting life but this is enough. They're coming to steal these ships. Oh, They're going to go attack them. Starlight yeah. Beacon. Yeah. And uh, and they just literally just started lopping people up. That yeah, was amazing. They were literally just like the offense, cutting right? off arm. Yeah. They weren't saving anybody this time. So the battle was just utterly amazing. Um, and at one point, it's Wreath, like in Ram. It's Wreath, really. It's Wreath and Ram in a starship above yeah. as the Nile are charging the Corellians. Yeah. And then Wreath. It's like, okay, I have to stop this because the Corellians are about to get slaughtered by the Nile. 
and all of a sudden he sees the two masters, Comac and Cantum, flank. And this is I'm picturing it from above. You know, he's looking down this battle, and he sees a green saber and a blue saber coming in from the sides. That starts chopping up Nile. You know, like Lord of the Rings. You know, look to the east, and they're just coming through and breaking up the things. And then Wreath jumps out of the starship. He's not up in space, but he jumps out of the sky and he lands like superhero style landing. Bang, like right in front of the Corellians and all the Nile turn and look. And there's like wreath. I can just picture it in my head. Superhero landing lights the saber and then just runs into this crowd. Like this is what I want from the Jedi is they instill hope. Like the Corellians are terrified. They're being surrounded. You have two come flanking from the side and one falls from the sky and lands in front of everybody and lights a saber and just charges through, lapping everybody up. So it, it's an amazing battle. Wreath ends up almost dying, you know, very injured. He sounds like he's going to have an eye scar, which, you know, to be yeah. a BA, you got to have an eye scar. So he's saved by Ram. Ram takes, you know, Padawan Ram, who controls his ability is to kind of control mechanics. And that's what I love. So it's instead like Magneto, of like, isn't it? like the Jedi version of Magneto. Yeah. So yeah. he can see inside starships and he's like several times. He's like, I crushed the muffler. So it doesn't run. I pulled these wires out, you know, using the force. So I love, he's not just trying to hold a ship back. He's literally picking apart from the inside using the force. So I love that. So Ram okay, saves. Ship he had had no windows, right? There was no viewports in that in that ship. Yeah. So he saves Reef. It's in a little starship, wasn't it? I got confused about it. I mean, honestly, I, I I should have Googled it because I had no idea what really what a long. It doesn't show. It doesn't show what it is. I tried to look. So when I listened to it on the audiobook, I got a little bit better. Yeah, I yeah. was able to listen a little bit more, but almost picture it like uh, like from The Incredibles. <laughs> There's a ship that drills through the ground yeah. and they pop up the, the Mole Man or whatever or comics. It, just think of it like a flying ship and its only purpose literally is to slam into things. And it has a big drill on the front and then computers on the inside that kind of just show what it sort of looks like on the outside. Yeah. And I and, uh this ship is like uh, 200 years old. It's banned by the Republic and by the Jedi because the ship is deemed to be too aggressive. And they have one almost like in a museum. And Ram steals it. And the Nile happened to take off with two ships. You know, two long beam Republic, well, one long beam and one uh, Halcyon pretty much ship. And, Ram, you know, while Comac and Vitus are fighting on the ground, again, another amazing battle. Ram jumps in this ship called the Eviscerator. <laughs> And he, I love how he says it only has two options, destroy and accelerate. And it has three types of acceleration, accelerate, more accelerate, and hyper accelerate. So I love it. He flies up and he just rams the ship into the long beam he and drills it into it. Yeah, he drills into it. He pops out. He pops out in the long beam, kills uh, no second thought. That's what I love. No second thought on the Nile. He just cuts them down. Well, it happens that the other ship that they took is the one that Reef is in because Reef is so injured. Ram put him in the ship, and he just sets him in there to recover in a box and <laughs> storage box. Yeah. <laughs> so the ship, uh, surprisingly, takes off with Reef inside of it. Ram quite contacts. A, quite a funny scene that is. I think one of the funniest scenes when Reef goes to the bridge. Um, yeah, and he like what is it? He, yeah, force pushes him. She's and, saying, oh, if the comes destroy you, want the Star Night Beacon? He goes, yes. Yes. Oh, that's a bit oh, more he's talking to his, he's <laughs> yeah. talking to his earpiece. Yeah, his earpiece. Yeah. He's like, you're more enthusiastic so then, than I would expect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So cool. then Ram, flying the other ship, rams it into Wreath's ship, 
So now, you know, he tells me, he's like, listen, Reith, you're going to have to jump out the sky again. But, this, you know, he's barely able to walk. So he jumps out. He's now free falling through the sky. Ram gets back in the eviscerator drill ship, drills through the other two, you know, drills through both ships and then catches him mid air falling, you know, in the battle. Um, and then lands on the ground. Like it's just action after action. It's, I mean, that's the type t- of stuff that would make you, an amazing movie. That he's falling out the sky. The, you talk about um, Rises and the Rises Skywalker stuff fighting on top of the cruisers, and we talk about what happened in the Trins and stuff. This is a, this is on that sort of level, isn't it? Really, yeah. it's like crazy stuff going. On. I had trouble trying to envisage exactly Steven, what's going when on. When it does come out over there for you, I would suggest just listening to the audiobook like for fun because it's. I mean, you know, there was a lot of uh, the battle stuff, like, made it seem like a movie. Like, it was really good. You know, oh, yeah. Can... It's explained with the music. So while all yeah, that's music, going on, pew, pew, pew. Yeah, while all that's going on, Masters, Cantum, and Comac are struggling to keep the rest of the Corellians. It's now, like, one small group of Corellians against all these Nile, and they're protecting the shipyard. You know, they're trying to get these. And the Nile are dropping all their gas bombs. They can't breathe. You know, it's just written like such a war movie. They're struggling to stand. People are dying all around them. They're not going to make it. So they're surrounded by this cloud of gas from the Nile. They realize this is probably their last stand. And suddenly the entire gas cloud disappears in one giant force push. And they're all standing there confused. The Nile no longer have their cover. The Corellians are confused what happened. The Masters are confused what happens. And they're standing that just force pushed an entire cloud. Master Yoda returns to save everybody. No reason whatsoever. He's been missing for over a year and a half, you know, while hunting the leveler down. And he just appears on Corellia. He force pushes an entire city's worth of cloud away. And there stands Master Yoda. And I can't remember exactly what it says. But it's, it's just well, Yoda it's like, says, help. It's like you need some help. Or something. Yeah, yeah. He you says, know, yeah. I got this. That's yeah. it. I got this. <laughs> like, that's it. Mm. So he charges Yoda, then rallies everybody. So now it's again another battle show where you have the one dude who returned. And this is what I say. It's good that you've taken big characters off the board because they're yeah. too strong. So mm. and now the final of phase one, I believe phase two will be have much more Yoda centric. Yeah. And then phase three, you have the big players like Avar and Yoda. Well, it proves Yoda is without a doubt, just a total BA. And he pulls a ship out of the sky. Oh, that's what it was. There's a ship mm. trying to take off and Comac is holding on to the third ship. So again, we have another, it might be Comac or Cantum. They're trying to t- stop this ship from blasting off and he can't do it. He's like, I'm too weak. It's been too long of a battle. The cloud disappears. Yoda says, I got this. And with a flick of his wrist, he smashes the ship against the ground. Like he's like, I'm good. He smashes it. And then he rallies everyone, you know, one chance we have for this, whatever he says. And now it's a line of Corellians, three Jedi, Master Yoda, Zine running at the Nile and Yoda and just attack of the clone style. Just jumping from person to person. Yeah, that he was jumping on people's everybody. chest and flipping and everything. Yeah, it's and, literally people just staring at Yoda, flipping through as he just kills wave after wave of Nile. And I was like, oh, like, I'm literally sitting on the couch quietly, and I just slap my face, and my wife just looks at me like, what's going on? And I'm like, Yoda just returned. And he is so awesome in this book. So I just, I just love that battle. One of the best endings for any books I've ever read 
and with one of the biggest returns, which I'm so happy I've seen no spoilers, even though I read yeah, it months yeah. after it released. No, I, I am no. shocked. I, I, I was I, not I was able shocked. to see the spoiler. No, I mean, given given the amount of time they um they had done the backstory of Canton and his sort of love affair was one of the Eva Mills and Boone's um, side of side things in this thing. But the amount of time they've gone on about, oh, I miss Yoda. Oh, I miss Yoda. I wish he was Yoda was here. Oh, yeah. I miss, oh, miss Yoda. What are we going to do? Graham said, I've never met him. Yoda. Like, oh, I met him I once. Thought, yeah. I, thought, I thought, Yoda's bound, Yoda's got to turn up somewhere in this, but I thought, I couldn't work out what, how it was just going to turn up. And, and it's still, 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 it's somehow, not, somehow Yoda it's, returns. It's, it's just somehow, somehow Yoda returns. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of explanations to be done. And the other fact where he was there on Corinia and didn't, inter, didn't in, interfere earlier or, or whatever. Um, I'm well, sure see, and that's why I was that. asking. I was asking Ryan, like, if I should read the last, because I was like, well, is there more to the story of how he got there or who the guy was that he was with? It's not. I... Yeah, it's not like the no. It's not like the Marvel okay. comic. It's okay. strictly just Lula's point of view. It's almost word for word when they're talking to um, uh, Zine and yeah, it's like when they're was... talking to Crix. Yeah. They, it, they it's almost scene for scene. Book, so. Yeah, so it's almost scene for scene, but instead of Lula's point of view from the comics. We now have Zine's point of view and her getting in the, you know, in the book, you know, in the comic is Lula and here it's Zine. So, but yeah, it's Yoda returns. Awesome battle. The Corellians win. They kill unrelentlessly all the Nile. So they, they save them from stealing any of these ships, you know, then that's when Ram and Reef, you know, fall back to the planet and Reef jumps out. He's like, holy crap, it's master Yoda. (laughs) Like it's brilliant. So, and it ends with, um, Reef becoming a knight. He gets knighted. Cormac, who's been struggling and asking questions the entire book, which we can touch on it later. Cormac just runs off. He gives his lightsaber to Reef, who yeah. now has two lightsabers. So I'm ah, like, Reef is coming. Yeah, Reef is becoming super BA right now, and I'm really happy with it. So, um, presumably, yeah, he, he, he presumably, ran uh, off. Yeah, it looks like presumably, Cormac, I, I get from the nod he gave to Yoda that they already had this conversation. He just suddenly run off out and uh, out through the door and stuff. Yeah. Um, it is it's uh, quite because Reef at the start of the uh, at the start of the this is what I, this is some of the things you get in these kind of junior things. At one minute they're they're acting like an impetuous child, and the next minute they're acting like a full blown um, you know twenty year career Jedi kind of um, um, stuff. Yeah. And there, there's some ridiculous things that both Ram and Reef were doing at the start of this book. But when it yeah, came like when they the, were in the disguises and stuff, the red what they red school people, I forgot. Yeah, the Scarlet, whatever. And he tells that woman, she's like, "Hey, you're not supposed to talk." He's like, "How do you know it's? I'm using my tongue." My tongue. <laughs> I thought you guys didn't have tongues. Who said it was mine? Like it was very funny. <laughs> so, so Comac leaves, which we can touch on a little bit. Yoda, for some reason, has somebody in a hood. So again, yeah. it's like there's so and much rap. mystery still. Where Phase Three cannot take that big of a jump. Like it just can't. Like there's so much. Like Comac, whoever this guy is that Yoda brought back. Who is singing songs about the nameless? So he's just like yeah, he's singing the Bruno. Yeah, he's like Bruno in the corner going crazy, not knowing <laughs> what's going on. So and then it ends on probably one of the best endings I can think of for the end of Phase One. Yoda's just talking to everybody, and he says, "To forge our paths to the future, guide it by the secrets of the past, we will be." And then that's the end of Phase One. Like, what a perfect setup for Phase Two being a prequel. Like, guide it by the secrets of the past. And now we're getting the past. We called like, all the oh. we called all the Jedi back to Coruscant. Yeah, kind of like Obi Wan on the uh, on episode three. So it's a complete, yeah. complete opposite now to Revenge of the Sith, where they they were telling everybody get away from Coruscant. He's now telling everybody to come to Coruscant. Come back. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was a 
just an amazing, you know, just I it's probably my fourth favorite, just because I have to I have to rank the adult adult novels first, um, just because they had such huge moments. But my goodness, Midnight Horizon just had me cheering by reading it. I loved this book, and it again, I read these books to see Jedi, and that's what I've been saying. The High Republic makes me feel like this is what Jedi were always supposed to be. They are the light of the galaxy. They instill hope. And now you have dudes dropping out of the sky <laughs> to protect a group of people. And I'm like, oh, yes. So well, and then I love they're not like tied up in like ceremony stuff. Like when they knight them, they're like, okay, you're a knight now. You know, it's not like a big, yeah. huge <laughs> deal, you know? It's, well, it's, it they make be. it a bit. I think they kind of make it a deal with, uh, I think, Lula in the comics, you know? Oh. Yeah, because he they I mean, just again, cut off like his braid and then okay, you're a knight now. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. As long as you have a couple masters there, oh, you're a knight. That's it. No big yeah. ceremony needed. So, so but, yeah, you man. know, so back to Comac. I found his story kind of interesting because the whole time he quit. And I, so why do you guys think he may have left the order? Like, do you have a guess of why he made of? Because he wanted to join the circus, like Kim. <laughs> no, that's Canton. <laughs> that's Canton. <laughs> I know he wanted to be like Canton. Uh, well, and I like Orla how Canton was like, "That's not the point. That's not the point of the story, Comac." Like that was funny. So that I was don't know if he funny, was like yeah. in love with Orla, or he just had a connection as a as a friend or as a mentor or whatever. Because she was helping, she was kind of doing the same thing with him that she was doing with was it Elzar, right? In the other book where she oh was yeah she helping. taught. Yeah, well, I mean, they grew more like Orla, but and helping Comac him like relax and like, like get away region. from the. Uh, you know, the negative thoughts he was having. She does that meditation stuff with them, right? Because she was doing that in the other book to the other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's just weird. All these Jedi are just, like, leading, you know? Yeah, and that's the, that's my thought behind it is maybe this isn't what he wanted the Order to be. I mean, they're mm. slowly becoming the leaders in a war. He has all these people dying around it. And just like real life, sometimes this you were there to be a peacekeeper. You were there to be a monk. You were there to bring help to people. Yeah. But when it turns to a battle and there's too many people dying, we, in real life, some people just can't handle it. And well, he kept arguing the whole book with, with Cantum, like, you know, like, oh, we need to be. He was the one telling Cantum, like, we need to be more aggressive and we need to not just use it for defense. We need to attack now. And Cantum's like, yeah, yeah, but that's he's not almost, really what we we're supposed to do. And he's like, yeah, he's almost he losing like, it. You know, yeah. like he went too far and maybe he didn't like what he felt, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Too many people die. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm hoping they tell more in at least a comic or something. I, I don't know. Just give us because I do want to know why he left. That's not for sure the why, but he had all these questions. He's like, you ever think about being a way seeker like Orla? I just want to get away from the order type of thing like it's almost like they're getting too involved now and he's getting mad well and they all have like, like they all have like ptsd him. from all the you know from the fair and then from now from starlight beacon and everything so yeah there's like it's a been whole... 800 years of relative peace and now it's well, like, and they oh, said shit. like they, they never use their sabers like they you know they never turn them on you know because there's yeah, no one to true. use them against so but now they have like in the past like year so yeah and uh Probably easier for some of the younger ones to accept that in some respects. Although, obviously, like um, Rams, Rams are saying, like, you hardly ever, and Reef would hardly ever yeah. use a saber or, or, you know, or, or, or kill anybody at that point. But I think maybe for the older stewards, I mean, Colmec, in a way, is do, doing a bit of a Qui Gon Jinn, isn't he? I suppose, on us in this way that he's. Well, but the whole beginning, he was like, the changes. they're like, oh, they're training again. Like, he's, they're dueling again. Like, he, the, yeah. he was even missing meetings because he just kept trying to, like, fight better and they kept you know pushing reef yeah, and... it's almost like he's losing his i don't know i don't want to say losing his connection like skier but mm. he definitely seems like he's just not in it all the way 
he's, you know, maybe this isn't for me type thing. But yeah, Wreath did awesome. And then I love how Ram came in and then did an awesome, you know, when they're practice dueling. You know, they yeah. practice dueling, they both do awesome. So it's like, oh man, I hope we just jump a very short amount of years where these characters are just awesome, you know, because Ram and Wreath are amazing. Well, then he's like, like, do you want, let's use a practice thing. He's like, no, let's use our sabers, you know, let's actually yeah. use our, our and he's like, yes. Yeah. And they force, you know, they force push each other. And, oh, is that how it's going to be? And they just wreck house through the whole ship, like <laughs> destroying things. It's for fun, you know, as a battle. So that's, that was really good. But yeah, Comac, I hope to see more of him, but I do got to say when it comes to Cantum, I love the way they tell this backstory um, and I think it did much better because I know they told another similar backstory in Rising Storm. And uh, that one was kind of hard for me. That one really wasn't all that interesting. Orla's backstory. I'm not like a huge Orla fan. Jereni. So that backstory was okay. But I, I remember love the Cantum story. Her, you remember they crash on the planet and, yeah. you know, her master the dark, dies. Right? Yeah, there we go. It wasn't it? Maybe I'm wrong. I like the way that I did, you know, I commented a few times in some of the previous stories how some of these back stuff, flashbacks and things like that yeah. annoy the heck out of me. Well, I have to say this one was all right. Um, I quite enjoyed it. Mostly yeah, because they, they, split it, oh, they split it up a bit as well. I made it a bit more interactive. It wasn't just thrown in there. No, then no reference to it. Each I time. just kept laughing because like yeah. he was telling, you know, the way they make it really dramatic and romantic when he's talking about the stuff. I'm like, is he actually telling this to Comac? <laughs> you know, like. And it always yeah. seemed like it was. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it really like, oh, you tell point, more of story. He, like, says, he sort of says that kind of thing. He's sort of like, steady on, you old sort of... Um, he's sort of like, like, he's like, yeah, he's like, you should probably you stop right now. He told him that at some point. He's like, I think it's we're good. <laughs> you know, but you'll have to tell me the rest yeah, of the story. Yeah, so it was a good story of how he straight up left the Order out of love. So, And then eventually, uh, that fling ended. And he's like, uh, you know, I think it was... Oh, like, I love that part where with the kids and the bird thing like that was that was like great. Yeah, Jedi like, and, and it had a reason and it talked with Yoda and Yoda, it's like, yeah, you may have left. And Yoda's like, I was hurt, but he's like, I'm not here to stop your path. So he leaves the order for a fling. He falls in love. Um, and then that fling just ends like, you know what? This really isn't working out all that well. You know, it's not like he made a mistake and they just agree to go their separate ways. Yeah. And. Um, you know, with a circus boy, and I just loved it. It was so funny. It's like, oh, you fall in love with the boy at the circus. Hilarious. <laughs> so, and then he just goes and does, uh, you know, security work. And then in that security work, like you said, he saves two children. Well, he saves one child, and then that child instinctively saves another, and it ends up being his, you know, what would later be his Padawan, Lula. Yeah. And it's like, and he comes back to Yoda, and he's like, you know, you found Lula. Because of the path you took. So you did the right path. And I just thought it was a great yeah. backstory. Yeah. Of how, so do you know, we know what happened committed to, to the Jedi. Lula? Yeah. She is, yeah, no, she, in the comics it's not said. And mm-hmm. just like Master Torben Buck, you know, we don't know. Mm. I had to put her on the... I, I did don't know like, what happened. I did like they explained the buckets of blood thing. Because it's been confusing the heck out of me. And, like, he actually, like, laid it out, like, why he screams that. Because <laughs> it was always, like, this makes... I don't know. I've heard him explain it before, like on the uh, High Republic shows, but it actually yeah, makes more sense the way it does um, here in this book. Yeah, he just he, understands us differently. People call yeah. me buckets of blood so I could return their blood to the body. Yeah. So everyone's always taking it back how he's super peaceful and funny, and he's not he's not like a oh man the Santa Claus like character. But then he yells it, and so then the, the blade of think, yeah. like they get scared because he's yelling buckets of blood. <laughs> so we've we've got quite a few number of um, Jedi and people who. Um, 
are presumed dead, maybe missing, presumed dead sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, can they all come back in phase three sort of thing? Or, or are we going to, I mean, if, would it, they, if, the, if these ones all came back alive, you know, like, got them, Burry, Barry, as I call him, Burry Aga, yeah, uh, Lula. Uh, missing, presumed dead. Lula, Orpa, Bucket, Bucketman. Orbalin, Steer, and Bucket. You see, that's the thing I didn't understand. Oh, that, um, in that Wait, other, didn't Orbalin die? Well, I don't think she can't be. He can't be no, remember, shot like that. He was stabbed sound, or they shot, it, they and it, it was sound, like he's a bucket of goo. Yeah, they made I it thought, sound. They made it sound final in the book. But I was like, we just had it in the other in the other book. The one I on the what's your name killed him. He was on faint final, that kind of stuff. And he wasn't in the suit for a period of time. He can survive quite easily outside of that, mm. and, and and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Like, well, he can't be dead from just one little shot like that. But in the way they did it in the book, they made it sound like it was. Yeah, yeah, what's her name killed him, right? Um, oh, Tempest yeah. Runner. What's her name? Nora D. Because she's like, this is for what happened at the fair. Remember, because she fought him in that room in the yeah. fair. Mm. And so she killed him out of revenge. I thought he died. I don't think he is. Well, that's I the thing. Like, his, like his species his species is a bucket of goo, you know? Yeah. If you just, maybe she shot his arm off. I don't know. Mm. Like, he's still a bucket of goo. Mm. If he's dead, he's dead. I understand. But it's like, he just went through a battle he was stabbed and he literally just soaked up a guy's arm and then beat the guy up. You know, he's a bucket <laughs> of goo. So I can't imagine a gunshot really killing him. It'd be different if she threw him out to space or ejected him to freeze or something like that. Well, um, so I definitely have, yeah. I have him on my maybe dead. I don't know. And Avar's kind of, she's there, but she's kind of just broken now. So like the ones that are there, the masters are kind of like, you know, they're having issues, but the Padawans are doing really good. Yeah. No, that's just, yeah. Uh, the kids are all right, or in this case, the patterns are all right. Isn't well, it? I mean, uh, Ram wasn't, but then by the end of the book, he figured out why and what he needed to do. So, yeah, I, I liked all the, the growth and stuff. But of course, it's always, as I say, it's always like I have to interrupt you guys. It's, it's at this time I like to um, like to have a few words from a High Republic correspondent, our, our inside source, uh, the, the man who knows. Well, the man on the outside knows the inside. Uh, Ron, who's here. He was patiently listening to all this, thinking, what the <laughs> heck is going on here? But probably loving hearing Yoda kicking ass and, and stuff. As as a, as a non-reader of the High Republic, Ron, um, how is this all sounding to you? It, it's Ryan's um, engagement in it. It sounds like it's working. Um, the the his excitement level for it um that you guys have read it and have taken to it uh, as you have sounds like it must be done pretty well written in a manner that's um, engaging entertaining and working for existing star wars or or, or mixing itself into existing star wars to keep it all cohesive Uh, i'll honestly say hearing hearing the 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 cloud part uh whatever and then you know there it's yoda to me that that does have that that problem that ryan mentioned or whatever of 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 having the known characters the big the the powerful ones they're too powerful that you know they're always going to be there as that storytelling or have the potential to be there as that storytelling crutch that whenever something um gets to dire straits then somebody come in and can say come save the day type of thing so it's it's a challenge for any book writing fair or anything like that to, in that era to weave that in a, in a manner that works. Um, so yeah, that's why they like kind of had him off to the side for like the whole time. 
Tony yeah, Robinson. but they put him off the side. But then when they needed her, things seemed dire. Then then all of a sudden there he was. But if it works in a manner that that makes for the excitement and and gets you gets gets people excited about the characters and the like, um, you know that's that's what they're that's what they're there for. That's yeah. what they're there for the story. Um, how it might all play out in a in a on screen type of thing. I've always said that you know books can obviously paint uh, a picture. I think today's Senate tagline is. Um, the Senate podcast brought to you by a, what'd you say? A bucket of goo, a pile of goo that there, there's a character. We have a character that's a rock. <laughs> and we have a character that's a bucket of goo. Is that a dirge type of character? Um, just, you know, the books can, can paint pictures that, that you can't do on video though. In 2022, they can do just about anything nowadays to create those characters. So it has that aspect of, of not why I don't read books, but just, books can paint a much broader they can paint with a broader brush and i guess don't have constraints and an author if they can use the words eloquently enough and 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 well enough can paint whatever type of picture they might want to paint that won't work on screen if you will that's interesting you say that i'm wondering that would geode have worked or had had such the kind of reception if we had been introduced in a movie or a cartoon sort of thing i don't know if he would have actually yeah a lot of it's inner. That's the thing. A lot of it's inner monologue of characters just joking about like, oh, there's that hound dog Geo chasing after them girls again, and then they just move on and they totally ignore it. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it would still kind of work. And like you're saying about the bucket of goo or Berlin, I don't know if you've seen Hellboy, but it's exactly like one of the characters from the Hellboy movie. You know, a character is pretty much a sentient smoke and he fills up. Oh, yeah. You picture him like a spacesuit and he's in a spacesuit. And when the spacesuit breaks, he flies out as a cloud of smoke and beats everybody up. You know, same thing with that. It's now we have a pretty much a guy who's just slime. And that's what I love about space characters and even comics like Green Lantern and stuff like that. You have these heroes who aren't, you know, bipedal five fingers, a different color skin type, and then they're all the same. You you have a sentient rock. We have you know, you have a tree in the Marvel universe. You have a bucket of slime. I wanna see characters that don't make any sense. Every every single character in Star Wars is pretty much two legs and a misshapen head or body in some or way. lizard. Like <laughs> yeah it's still yes yeah, still on two legs still have arms and legs you know you can have a big hammer head you can have horns in your head you all look relatively the same but now when you have a rock <laughs> or you have a character that's slime like that gets the really spacey characters that takes you out in the open that life isn't what we picture it as uh, yeah, i'm happy to see these characters introduced in there that really weird that doesn't make any sense you know in green lantern they have a sentient planet or they have a sentient virus type of thing. So, and that, that's what I like to see off the wall space characters, not just really, I mean, do you know any characters that even have four legs, you know, something weird. I know there's characters that don't have legs, like, uh, I mean, the, uh, the blue guy, of, like as close would be like Jabba. Cause he doesn't have feet. Yeah. He's yeah. a slime. And that's a great he's a, space he's a character. He's a slime guy. Yeah. He's a slug. So that, that's cool. So you still got arms, though, you know, type of thing. So it, that's how I love this out of the box characters. Well, on the Lady Pox really people what, are worms, I guess. Yeah. Which means like what I was yeah. saying, always talking about the book of Boba Fett. How the heck did the huts, you know, become so powerful when they're like, they, you know, you could run away from them quite quickly? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, literally just, just <laughs> money in higher Put some salt down yeah. on the floor. And <laughs> yeah, put some salt run away. Down. Or some vinegar, yeah. Walk, walk away. Water, yeah. 
Wait, <laughs> I did have, carry I me did so have I a question him. that generated through all this, although these are these are these are way early on or whatever. That I don't know if you met if someone said Proxima was dead or just it was a, something like a Proxima on Corellia, but it would have been before Proxima, right? There, there no, was Proxima's nothing in, in the book, and she's a like a kid okay. basically. Yeah. Okay, because there was nothing in Solo that Prox, Proxima was dead, but then uh, like I say, then I went to my head. No, these stories are supposed to be way way earlier than everything. Yeah. So okay, Proxima's in there as a yeah. Kid. So it's their it's their same species, and so it's basically like her brothers and sisters that are older. And then there's one that ends up like leaving the family business and going to be a bodyguard, and they have to wear a protective suit because you know the sun's deadly to them. Which I thought that was, that was gonna kind of uh, more opens and up Solo more, you know. To what we're yeah, Ryan said, I, I think the character design in that sense, and again, I'm, for me, Star Wars is what's on screen. You can have that bucket of goo, that big worm, like the big slug for Jabba. You can have that for the, um, uh, what do I want to say, the bad guy characters, or I guess not the main characters, but, but I think the main characters are going to be that human, need to be that humanoid sort of form factor, you know, even Kit Fisto or Keatamundi or um, Plo Koon or whatever, you know, they're very, like you say, yeah. still bipedal and all that, just a different different mask on, if you will, a different head shape or whatever. Mm. I don't know, it's on screen or, or for me, for Star Wars and what it is, the characters are going to be or need to be that from a storytelling perspective to some extent and then um i think uh what i'm trying to say is maybe the play acting aspect of, of what kids would want to do or want to be and maybe that's stemming from having action figures and playing and reliving scenes or reliving um you know recreating what you saw in the movies and in the stories or whatever having those figures um but the bad guys could be the weird things because they would tend to get run off destroyed killed whatever they, they they weren't as engaged nearly as much as as the good guys if you will and it's still kind of like that in these books like those the weird characters are kind of like they pop in real quick and then leave you know it's not like yeah. they're front and center all the time like i could because see like yeah because there would be trouble adapting them all to humans really early. and jabba and the mandalorian is 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 truly the problem with creating a a character in in some weird realm like brian was talking about because you have java how the heck does he get around okay he's being carried oh my god they're being carried that uh palace was way out in the middle of nowhere compared to the town how long did it take that to litter to get carried you know it just becomes we start the real world and we start to project and start to look at star wars physics and everything and go wait what the heck how does how does that work i guess and that becomes problems with a, a character as a rock or something in, in a real uh, in a cinematic uh, on-screen type of thing which we will just start picking it apart going how the heck where where's yeah it, uh, losing our ability somewhat our ability to to just disconnect and enjoy the story that's easier in a book that's easier in a panel to panel comic uh storytelling model to just okay the rock was here and now all of a sudden the rock's there well how do you, who cares he was here in this in this frame and now in this uh, uh picture the next comic book page he's over here he somehow he, he whatever it is he does he moves kind of thing but you couldn't do that you couldn't do that on screen as well, well again, it's, you can the characters but, that you know, the characters that don't know Geode, they kind of play the role of the viewer where they're like, I don't know if this rock, I don't know if people are joking with me. Is this rock really alive? 
How does he? They, he asks yeah, that. Oh, is, that how they do it? is that how they does do it? Breathe? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I never move? see him move. Like, yeah, yeah. So he plays the role of the viewer until the very end. This is Into the Dark, where he literally appears in front of him, you know, and he saves, you know, he say, was it Wreath that he saves or something? Yeah, he saves one of the characters, yeah. you know, from being sucked out into space by just being a rock by standing there and let him slam into him and something to hang on to. And it's like, oh, he re- and they could feel the force around him. So they, it's, it does all right. But again, it's like you said, the main characters are relatively humanoid. Yeah. And that's part of the story. You know, we understand you got to carry it. So yeah, like, yeah, like Dr. Like Mandible. All the, um, Dr. Mandible Jedi, my favorite. Yeah. Are human, right? Yeah. Reef is human. Ram's human. Yeah. Mm. Comac and Vitus, they're all human. Uh, Crash is human. So yeah, they're all, yeah. You know, there's not uh, all the Nile. I think the Nile is the Cantum's like an alien, right? Kind of. No, oh. he's uh, yeah, he's just got. I'm trying yeah. to think. Well, he's the cover of the book. Comac is, you know, darker skin no, thought, with a mustache. I thought that was Reef on the cover. No, on the front of the book, that's Cantum and Comac. Because oh. I looked at the picture of Cantum and he had like the mutton chops and he's got like a weird beard and no mustache. Oh yeah, he's in the comics a bunch. I yeah. mean, he's he's still got. I mean, he's not like blue skinned or anything like that. If I remember. See, and right. I, I thought he was older too, but looking at the pictures, I'm like, oh, he's not that old. I thought he was younger in the comics. He looks young, and I was like, "Wait, this yeah, is a he master." Yeah. He just—he's yeah. like five foot two. Uh, or so, yeah. I don't know. I got really confused he's... about Cantum. Uh, Cantum, so I got him mixed up. So I thought he was the—I uh, thought he was the character in um, Eye of the Storm too. Uh, I thought, "Oh, this is how this is what this is. This is how this all ends up. He gets um, wait, he gets captured. Tuck? Yeah, yeah. That's, how he ends, that's how he ends up in that." But oh, the guy with the eyes? You know, it's not easy. Yeah, it looks like a mushroom. So, Kate, off, they keep talking about more than one of him. I thought, oh, he must be the one with the, all the eyes and the faces and that kind of stuff. Uh, but he's not. I'm just looking at him now. Yeah, I should have said earlier on. But this, I thought, he's going to get caught at the end. This is it. Just next, next, next page, he's going to get caught. He's going to get caught. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> again. Shouldn't have put a bet on that one. As well. I should have looked him up at the start to make sure I was thinking about the same one. Yeah, so I had to look him up because I, I he they made it sound like he was like I thought he was an old man because that's what it sounds yeah. like. But then certain parts of the book where it's like, okay, he's not an old man, I guess, you know. But he and he seemed like he was younger than Colmac, so it, that's why it was kind of confusing. So I'm looking through. Yeah, the, he looks young. Yeah, he does. I was looking. I'm looking. They shouldn't do this. Um, but I'm looking through the reviews on um, Amazon for this, and it's basically it's got 4.4 out of five from 288 ratings. That's pretty. That's pretty darn good. But as always. I love to read the ones that uh, people are moaning about it. And of course, can you guess what, can you guess what they're moaning about? Cantum? Uh, equality. Yes. Yeah, I was say Cantum. Love and equality. Apparently, this is very woke book. Um, this person yeah. wrote one out of five. I mean, I, honestly, I would never have thought this until somebody uh. What a disappointment. Pick this up for my kid and, and I to read, since we both love Star Wars. Caught up pretty quick that this is more about Return to My Styles than Saving Galaxies. So heads up, parents of young adults, it's very woke. Gordon, uh, so I, I can go find anything, that and anything, anything, So basically, anything where um, you're free to be what you like to be, you're free to love who you want to love, you're free to be whatever kind of person you want to be, that's got to be woke and wrong because that's the way. That, yeah, that, that, that's and that's the, the problem. If you're not if you're not a straight white character, then you're woke type of thing. And it's like the yeah. three main characters, Avar, you know, Elzar, Elzar literally sleeps with somebody in Rising Storm. He sleeps with a reporter, and then yeah. and then that reporter bounces on him. So it's funny. So it's just like, come on, people! Like literally the worst things to complain about. 
I mean, this. I mean, honestly, if you don't like something, but you're going to pick up on something, and you're going to say that's a strong reason why you don't like it, aren't they? This person's got two out of five. Bad story. Dull pace. Too much love. Yeah, this is by far the, the that, It did kind of like bother me too because it there kind was of a threw lot. me out there of it. The first but, half, yeah. yeah, but okay. I mean, not because of you know. I mean, the pronouns are that doesn't bother me because I mean, no. but whenever there's like sex reference in a Star Wars book, I do kind of get kind of like weird. I'm like, that's kind of odd. I mean, the Ventress book did it. Uh, Into the Dark did it. I mean, Fallen Star. No, yeah, I did. I mean, admittedly, it. yes, yeah. there was a lot. There was a lot of Mills and Boons in that first third. I mean, I picked up and it's that, but not to the point of saying I hate this. I just thought there's a lot of love going on here. Um, and this person has put in their review, there's too much forced sexual attraction in this book. I didn't see of all, of everything that was going on, they're saying about love and all this and this stuff. I didn't think any of it was forced. I mean, these are all clear. No, definitely if, not. If you've read any of the books and any of the comics, you know these people care about each other. And uh, and this is, the pro- this is the whole thing that the Jedi are wrestling with at this time, isn't it? This whole thing, uh, they've all been all loved up for years. Everything's been rosy and peach, and now they're all threatened. This whole idea, this whole idea of, uh, of caring for other people and stuff, it's going to become a lot more important to everybody. I, 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 everything's yeah. complained about. I didn't see anything forced in here. Which I think that was kind of like the theme was like, now that these Jedi have like been faced with like near death, they're kind of questioning like, well, I'm missing out on relationships and, you know, like, this yeah. is really what I want to do. That, that's kind of, like, been the theme of the whole thing from the other books as well. Well, I mean, I mean, personally, I don't feel like that. I mean, it's just kind of... Like, it's like it's something that you have you to fight. <laughs> it's just so... Well, yeah, who knows? <laughs> it's something that, as Padawans, you got to think, they're 16 to 19 coming up through there. They have to deal with these feelings. And some people handle it, others were, like, obviously Orla and Skier, <laughs> which is probably my favorite relationship in the book. That's only mentioned in one one blurb, one word bubble. It's mentioned, and I'm like, that's incredible. Like that's so funny, Orlin Skier. So, um, you know, just little mentions like that. It's something that they deal with. And at this time, obviously, I think it's mentioned in one of the earlier books. It's like, it's not that we don't like relationships. We just don't like attachment. So yeah, you can kind of be. You know, I think there's one Jedi where they literally say he sleeps around a lot. And that's literally how they put him. It's like he gets around a lot. He kind of stays on the outer edges of the Jedi type of thing. He kind of breaks the rules type stuff. But, you know, he doesn't form attachments. He sleeps around, but he doesn't have attachments to anybody. So it's like they're still exploring all of that. And what we see in the movies, honestly, it's not the be all the end all. It's the rules and what we see in those characters. Just how like every movie, it's like, oh, we just happen to be seeing a movie about the most powerful character. Well, yeah, because I don't want to watch a movie about the guy who's, you know, serving food somewhere. Like, I want to watch it about this character and what rotates around him. And the great thing about Star Wars is the background characters and what fills it in. That's why, from a certain point of view, is one of my favorite books. And it talks about doing paperwork for an entire chapter, you know, <laughs> filing paperwork. And I love it. It was so entertaining. Or a like mouse the movies, droid the carrying are love like... letters are like the important parts of the story you know like they're not going to yeah. do a movie where nothing happens it's you know it's not seinfeld you know it's they're using the epic moments and that's the movie you know yes so. they have more room to explore and they have what nine books now so and 30 some comics 
I think the I think talking about the comments, I think that's going to come next month now. And I'll just read another. Um, this talk about people critici criticizing their own self here. This person's given it two <laughs> out of five, and he said disappointment a disappointment high republic entry. But he says what well, he says what up here. He says um, additionally, this book has no business being four hundred eighty pages because it's dragged down by useless subplots that add nothing to the overall main story. I mean, the whole subplot all make up the whole flipping story. Yeah, that's the whole. There's nothing here that is. Is is irrelevant to the whole story. The whole subplots make up what's going on behind the scenes. And yeah, then like I will, I will admit, it's a bit, it's a big book. It's it bigger a big, than some of the adult books. Big book. I think the audiobook was like and, seven hours. I think, yeah. I was like, no, I don't know if it was 10. I think it was 10. Was it 10? It goes on a bit about, oh, it's brilliant that Yoda's back. He had so much to the story, and this is great. And then, this is his nasty bit here. This really contradicts himself. All in all, I really enjoyed most of the high Republic material, but this one was difficult to finish. Nothing really happens until the end, and the payoff really isn't worth the time spent. Sorry to say, this entry of the That's how movies work. You build the story, and then you have. Uh, Jedi's falling from the sky in you know mystery characters you thought dead and lost appearing in wrecking shop and doing he what Yoda does best, which is wreck people. Have, he just literally it, everything was on fire and there's a big giant battle. So. I know he just said Yoda as brings so much to the story and then he says it, it's, nothing really happens and the payoff wasn't <laughs> worth it. And then he ends with, I would re definitely, definitely recommend avoiding this entry in the High Republic universe. I mean, it has oh one of the most important like things happen at the end. And why yeah, would they, you want to? Why would you I want to miss this? Book? I mean, waste yeah. a oh, You know, Stephen. The other cool thing about uh, the audiobook. Okay, you know how like it. There's the whole thing about that family that was uh, on Corelli that they were like they worked in the building the ships and then they were a band kind of thing. You get to hear their music. So and then the girl singing. All right. So, oh yeah. yeah. I thought that was really neat too. That's really interesting. Yeah, I thought I, it was, I was like, oh, I'm glad I'm listening to the audiobook of this because I would have never known what any of this. It's a lot of music stuff in the beginning of the book, so it it helped. I just wish I knew what that character looked like. You know, Crash's friend, oh, the it's floating one, a floating yeah, a floating character with a bunch of I, arms. Yeah, it, it sounded like a jellyfish. Oh, she, 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 she not? Uh, yeah, she can, is that the one that is girlfriend? Sorry, her girlfriend that keeps disappearing in the shadows, oh, disappearing. Yeah, she yeah, keeps like nobody can up sneak on up on me, and she's like, "Hi, Crash." It's like so, a running joke, isn't it? It's like it becomes quite entertaining actually. That bit, they just yeah, even the robots sneak up on her. Yeah, yeah, it was just quite. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that robot kept giving her like popping up calf, you know, <laughs> he kept offering yeah. her coffee. I was gonna say, and these is no reviews here. Like always, always Amazon reviews that really get me is when somebody says something is it five out of five, brilliant, or what I wanted. I haven't opened the box yet though. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> you really, oh, it was really stuff. They haven't looked at yet. You know, it was definitely a slow build, but you could see them unravel the mystery. You get to this is mystery, wasn't it? one of the most Jedi. And this, this, is, this is the whole thing was trying to work out what the heck was going on. That's what all that subplot and subterfuge and all that kind of stuff is all about. And yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I think out of all the ones so far that I've read, like I probably wouldn't read this one again. You know, because it was there's a lot in there that was entertaining. Than all the Yoda stuff. And all yeah. That. yeah. Like, Light of the Jedi, there's no big battles. Rising Storm, uh, lightsaber battles, excuse me. Rising Storm yeah. has a big battle, but it bounces from character to character. You know, it's a lot of, oh, he lit his Jedi yeah. and ran into the cloud. And then it jumps character perspective. This was like Jedi just, I shouldn't say being Jedi, because it's not very Jedi to kill. But they were saving people. They were killing people. You know, they were doing everything in their power. They've had enough. 
you know, and it doesn't seem like uh, it's like Elzar Man where he went too far. They're just like, no, nah, I'll chop off arms. I'll chop. At one point, it's like it sunk the saber down into his like torso and pulled it out. Like, oh my god! Like this is this yeah, is the probably saber the most came out movie. through the back. Yeah. <laughs> Fallen Star. There was no battles in Falling Star. Fallen Star was just walking around wondering what is going on. The I enjoyed the book and it had one of the most shocking endings with Elzar Man, as we've already discussed. It's just not a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Killing Chancey Yarrow, one of the most shocking surprises, as a, as far as a and character. Like one of the only like lightsaber scenes in that book. Yeah, everybody else was walking around, and then oh my god, they're dead. Uh, walking around, oh I'm dead too. Like person after yeah. person, very good book, but it felt like it was plopped and slow. Where this one, it's the only thing I felt it could do without is the uh, Cricks and Luna getting you know Cricks and Lula and Zine stuff being hunted yeah, because that's where it was told. We basically got a chapter that's basically in the comics. Yeah, so so I get it. If you don't read the comics, it's a great setup. But if you do, it's like I'm literally reading verbatim what's in the comics. And it's like, okay. It did make it. I have to admit, you didn't need that bit at all. You could have left that whole Crick subplot out and and just to a couple of sentences, you know, or we've just been off and got Cricks and now we're back again. And and nobody, we would have missed anything. Yeah, they would have. Someone would have wondered. Well, where did Zine come from? Well, it's in the comics, in the, in the final yeah. page of the comic. And they do, they sign a resummarize it a... in this book. You know, they they go over the whole like, oh, the Nile came to her planet, and then when she met this person, you know, they they recap the comics. But yeah, well, it, it, they needed they needed Cricks to um, actually the Cricks was needed to to reveal that someone was going on on the moon and, and that Nihil were actually there. But they didn't. They could have done that another way without. Did they uh, ever explain what was going on at sorry? the moon with what? Oh, the, no, well, they just say it was a uh, union disputes. Oh, apparently it needed everybody yes. to go there. I, I really don't. Understand. I did those bits. I didn't understand that how everybody's all gone there for union disputes. There, there was one part I was confused on because okay, um, Zine was on her way there when she was on the comms, right? And then she got there and recorded the video of her like dancing, right? The no, 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 no. That was yeah. That was earlier Ram, where I think. Right? Yeah, with Ram and Lula, because remember, Ram didn't go to, because they were all on Starlight Beacon, and then the four, the Topak Vitus Reef, they're like, you know what, we're going to go to Corellia, because we hear there's a union dispute, and then the others stay back, and that's when, you know, they're just being kids, recording and dancing and doing silly stuff. I thought she got there, and then they, then Ram's like, oh, I have the person in mind, and then they go back to um, Zine and she's in hyperspace though. I'm like, well, why is she in hyperspace? I thought she was there already. You know, I got I got confused. Yeah, when I was reading it, there was a I put the book down for like a week, and yeah, I was confused about that too. But when I listened to it, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, that's the nice thing about reading it and then immediately listening to the audiobook because the things you forgot at the beginning, you're like, ah, that all makes sense now, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they were all just playing. That's where they were practicing was on Starlight, you know, before all the meetings, and they were just dancing around and doing silly kid stuff and. Yeah, and then I like how she gets there, and they're like, "Uh, we need you to be a mega pop star." And she's like, "What? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't there, even know what's going uh, on." Yeah, there were some funny bits. I have to say, the, the, the whole thing with Crash that start off with, I really didn't know what was going on. Didn't really understand the team. Didn't really understand the politics and the nature of Korea. But it, did, it, it worked out as time went on, and I said they became really quite attached to Crash and his her sorry her shenanigans and stuff. But yeah, I mean, there were some there were some really it was it was. It was fast paced once it once it really got going and crash the way the crash she, she thinks is always ahead of the always ahead of the game and stuff um and that's some, just some funny sort of um 
it all just came felt quite um, warm and uh, warm and fuzzy. I mean, between her and Ed and her team, and the team were become more interested and more entertaining. Yeah, uh, that, was, just, that was really nice. They just got how on she, quite nice, didn't they? How she, like, punched a senator because the senator called her dead yeah, partner yeah, yeah. a worm. And he's just like, oh, it's just a worm. And then it's just like, and then the fight broke out. So, I was, you know, Crash was very good to her. And I like her realization that her team isn't just her team. Her team is her family. So she had her own little story through the whole thing where she kept her team at arm's length, not to trust anybody. And then she talked to her mom and she's like, no, the team is the only one you can trust. You keep the clients at arm length. And, you know, it was a realization. It was an awakening for the character that, you know, keep everyone filled in. They are your family. And it's like, right. Oh, that was very nice. She did lose that one guy though. Um, the one at the beginning, she said he was useless. <laughs> the grumpy guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. The whole setup with the bomb right as well, with uh, being caught, just about to read it with the, uh, the singer, the singer of being caught, about to read this bomb right, and then the oh, yeah. bomb yeah, right protection you group comes ringing in. <laughs> so, it was quite entertaining. That was, uh, that was funny. Yeah, her voice on the audiobook was, was good. Like, it, it fit the character. I could imagine it'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I have to wait months to get that legally over here so that's why i did it this way and i say this is actually the only the second only the second book i can remember reading in 10 years so wow uh, i i've done i think i've done quite well you set the challenge i accepted it not knowing whether i would actually make it or not so that's why i started the next days before i need to make a good i need to make some good progress in this but it's actually it's actually a lot. I actually think it's to some degree. It's actually I can read quicker than I can actually listen because when I listen, I have to. I don't know. I have. I zone I, out I, when I listen. There's nothing else going like, on around me. There's nothing else going on around me. I don't have a commute, so you know I don't have any reason to um, listen to stuff on that kind of stuff. I don't really like to listen to stuff when I'm going for walks either. I like the you know, I go out for a walk in nature. I like it to be quiet around me, so I don't want to be listening to be listening to something. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid so, of getting attacked when I'm walking down the street, though. Yeah. <laughs> the book, the book. It doesn't really matter what's going on around you. You can just sort of shut it off and pick the book up, drop it yeah. down, up, drop it down, sort of thing. Yeah, I, I it's different to to the. Uh, whereas with you know with, with the audio book, you've got to be concentrating at what they're saying. And quite often, I do quite often sort of zone out, and then it's like you know one minute later, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, how did that? What, what happened? Well, I, have, I have an hour commute each book, way to work. Back, so, can't you? Yeah. Oh my god, you have an hour commute. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Traffic. <laughs> so what's when the next book comes out, Steve, there's all sorts there's Brotherhood, there's you know the Master and Apprentice books, anything whatever next book that you choose to read, are you going to go with the physical book or the audio book? I really wish they came out with soft book covers. I hate I don't like hard book covers. They do out eventually because last time I went to Barnes and Noble. You have to wait longer yeah. to get them, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wonder what you know, they had like the Jedi in paperback. Like, oh, no, I, really read, I, I heard this on radio. People talk about books and authors and like that. The reason I think the reason why they do the hard book stuff is so they can sell it for a higher price and then make more profit. I think that's why they do hard yeah. first. That's the only reason. Well, they uh, also changed the size of the paperbacks to make more profit. So instead of nine dollars or fifteen dollars now, so yeah. it's annoying. Oh, but, these would I mean, be five dollars. <laughs> I mean, that's a soft book, soft back cover is a whole lot easier to hold in your hands and your laps and stuff in your bag. Or Smaller. That kind of stuff, yeah. And that kind so, of yeah stuff. But so, so the and next you, one, you I think... It's flipping cover falling off. I actually took the cover off and put it away somewhere else. 
because it just kept the cover just kept coming off every time I was opening the shutting and moving the book around. So I just take that cover off. I mean, the, um, the first book I ever bought, Star Wars book, was Episode One book, and I only got it because I was like at a hospital waiting, and it was in the gift shop, and I was like, well, I'm gonna just buy this and start reading it, and like I lugged that book around with me everywhere, and so like having the paperback is a lot easier to carry carry around. Yeah, like, it's oh. smaller and easier to put everywhere, yeah. but now they made them they made them large size paperbacks and this was kind of annoying like they're almost as big as a, a hardback now so mm-hmm. I, don't know. I wish they kept them small they just made them bigger and i'm like i'm not that old yet like i don't need the my the magnifying glass to read like keep them small dang it well even like i'm sitting on the couch with like the fallen starbuck like i'm sitting there like this thing is huge i feel like i'm reading like a dictionary you know <laughs> and it's it's so bit, like, as i said like this one here it is pretty much the same size as the, as the dictionary they used to have when i was a child sitting on the shelf oh yeah it's, it's massive it's way big yeah. i think it's bigger than two of the adult books yeah it's big and it's shorter so it makes it fatter <laughs> yeah it's it's it's, it's bizarre but uh, i think uh yeah i'm pleased i did it because i'm pleased that it proved to me that i can still re- I mean, yeah well, i'm not reading every sometimes i can see what's coming up and it's like yeah, I'll just skip. I'll just read some of the uh, conversation and just skip over some of the things. Like, you can tell that you don't need to read every word some of the times. So I can read a little bit quicker. And plus, but it's good. It helps me get the spelling of, of things nicely. But I think yeah, it's, it's difficult because there's some things that audiobooks are much better at and, and much easier to listen to at different times. And there's sometimes where a book is better than. But it really depends on what time you've got, how you like to listen to. It's good to have the choice, isn't it? I suppose. Well, and then, like, yeah. when you listen to the audiobook, it's like an American accent. So when you're reading it, it's it's British. So there was no aluminium foil in this one. There's no um, aluminium foil. <laughs> Yoda comes All off. these weird like, foreign so. voices. Uh, so I think, yeah, I know, I mean, technically, we've got no more New High Republic now until the end of the year. And I was thinking, am I going to use this time to put my reading feet up and not borrow any books? And I think... You know, I might do one book between now and... I gotta uh, read I said, I said I was only going to do High Republic, and I am mostly going to concentrate on High Republic because I've only really got time for concentrating on them. But I think I might do well, one book between now and then. I quite the next, like, the I can't remember phase, one I like the sound of. I couldn't remember which one it was. Well, the next phase starts in October, and there's actually like five books before that. So there's a lot of books. Like in April, there's Queen's Hope. May 10th is Brotherhood. June 7th is Stories of Jedi and Sith. Uh, June 28th is Shadows of the Sith. July 20th. So every month there's a huge, you know, a pretty popular book coming out. You know, it's July 26th is Padawan with Qui-Gon and Obi. Uh, The Princess and the Scoundrel is August. That's the marriage of Khan and Leia, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So their marriage. Yeah, I mean. I think think one of those five I will probably purchase and and read, but I I can't do more than that really, I don't think. But we'll see how time goes. Shadows of the Sith is probably the one I'll buy where it's uh, yeah. with Luke that and Lando. That's oh, yeah. uh, Shadows yeah, of Luke and Lando. Oh, yeah, yeah. Luke and Lando teaming up before The Force Awakens. So oh, it was 20 God. years after Return of the Jedi. And they're that's, hunting that's for like, Force artifacts. That sounds like a really good one. That sounds that like one that will really fill in the holes, isn't it? Yeah. That's going to. Or um, yeah, so. Rise of Skywalker, yeah. Mm. Okay. Force Awakens, yeah. We have we have reached time, folks. So it looks like the uh, the High Republic comics, we can still remember them. Well, for me, really, <sighs> still remember them. Come next month, we will we'll, we'll go through uh, synopsis of what happened in them next time around. Uh, I know Ron would be um, getting his cup of coffee ready for that one. 
<laughs> I think this is the longest book discussion we've had. <laughs> and I'd be pleased to know there's one book. It'll be a long, long break from High Republic stuff after that. And then there'll be all Kenobi in Star Wars Celebration. Yes, because next will be May, won't it? Yeah, so we'll have, still have a maybe a bit of a quiet month in t- in, to some extent next month. And after that, it's all going to go, it's going to go, holy shit, everything's on fire, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the hashtag might might very well come into play with the revelations and things found in Kenobi. I suspect. I I suspect it will. I hope so. Because oh, that's. I guess that's something. I, I guess we didn't do news, but yeah, they they oh, yeah. moved Kenobi from the twenty fifth to the twenty seventh, and I personally have some problems with that. So I, I was kind of bummed at that announcement. Honestly, not really a problem, but you know. Insert meme of that guy's hands on the Got two episodes in one day now. I'm just yeah, saying, so I just say to somebody else, I really hope that um, they're standard length episodes because I, I, I mean, all the things to moan about, and I do moan about a few things. 14 minutes I, long. <laughs> I don't like. I don't, I don't like that thing where we had Amanda Ambo where one episode, one week's 25 minutes and the next one mm. is 50 minutes. And you don't know what you're getting. I, I compared it to like, you go and you buy a packet of crisps. Some of them, got, some of them are all the way full up and some of them are half full. You, want, you go and buy a pack of crisps, you want a packet of crisps. Um, Steven, like, just, go, just go into it that they're all 25 yes. minute episodes. And then when you get a 40 yeah, minute episode, surprised. you're like, yeah, you're bonused. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Don't say that. Or thing. just watch ten minutes of each one, and then. <laughs> I'm so used to I'm so used to like TV where you know what you're getting. You know it's going to be 45. You know, standard episode TV was it 45 minutes or something, isn't it? Yeah, could... but then there's, oh yeah, then how there's much time should I stuff set in or cutting stuff out? You know, then you get you know somehow Palpatine's return kind of stuff because you got to wrap it up because you, you have a constraint of some formulaic TV time frame. So yeah, the the streaming model does help. It is frustrating when you get that you know that that 27 minute episode. You're just like, oh, you want more, but but. I think it's I think it's fine in terms of it lets you tell the story that that's there. It's just yeah, those weeks those weeks can be a bit frustrating. Yeah, well, what is it? Yeah, the episode you've had is big... learning how to you know write a monster. <laughs> yeah, but you've had a big you know you've had a couple of weeks where it's been like fifty minutes, and then you're like, oh, I can't wait for next week. Next week, and it's like twenty minutes, and then you know, yeah. I mean, not that you don't enjoy the twenty minutes, but it it just feels like a bit of cheap, a bit of a change thrown away. But I, I don't know what you mean. But if I could, my richness would be to at least have them very closely. Um, same running timeline. Well, my wish list would be for I it to, to be two hours long each. So <laughs> I kind of get the feeling that's not going to happen, unfortunately, because the currently the current streaming on Disney Plus for Star Wars TV stuff has been all over the place. Well, I'm thinking since it's like such a short, limited run, that they're going to be longer episodes. I'm hoping, you know. I, I, just, I, I just hope I, they stick with like 40 minutes. Yeah. Well, I, and I'll tell you, I went into episodes of Mandal. I, I had no, uh, like anything, real no clue as to what to expect. I almost kind of, the times I d- did find out for some reason, I guess it's an online posting or something, that this was only going to be a, you know, a 32 minute episode or this next, you, you just, it lends itself to the human mind going to an expectation factor. So if you just go into it knowing you're getting yeah. more entertainment, then then you get entertained and you enjoy it versus, oh, I know this is a short one. I wonder why. You know, you just start thinking about it. It's just human nature to do that, to start processing things, whatever. Yeah. To not know that and going into it, and then you just – because some of the, the short ones I would have – 
sworn by the end of it was a long one just because there was so much in it and yeah. I was entertained and enjoyed it. And then to look back and go, wow, really? That was only a 27 minute or it did not feel like that. So yeah, like, not, I, not, I advise not knowing that info. I always had the problem like when I watch stuff on TV and I look at the clock, I'm like, okay, it's 745. So this is probably going to wrap up. In the next five minutes. Well, so right, there's that. <laughs> if you know it's a if you know it's a 45 minute episode and you started at 7:15 and you see the clock and you know it's it's coming up on 10 till eight, then you're like, oh, this is going to end soon. Versus yeah, if you've got you no clue, yeah. if you have no indicator, all that you're just watching it, enjoying it, and 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 just, and, and unless you pause taking it. more out of it. How much time I need? Yeah, yeah. There's been times yeah. where like I pause yeah, it. Yeah, that's get frustrating up, like, oh, too. I only have like three minutes left. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> you know? There's yeah. no pausing. Hey, do we think that Kenobi got moved merely and, and solely because of uh, Celebration? That they're trying to do something at or for Celebration or let it drop at Celebration at a panel that you get to see it on the 25th? Because it's odd to move it off of Star Wars Day, but it makes hmm. some semblance of sense because of Celebration. So that that's my guess, I guess, well, uh, if you will, well, so to speak, the speculation. I don't like it. They're fixing the Inquisitor's yeah. head. <laughs> well, they've, they've known about Celebration for months. I mean, how can we suddenly move it now? Oh, I don't know. It's not the end of the and world. And then drop the second episode on Friday. No. Yeah. Would you like, like, okay. Like, would, if you're at Celebration, would you want to watch the first two episodes of Kenobi on your phone while sitting in the queue? <laughs> God, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. That, yeah, that, Friday that, morning, the Celebration. No. Or at a hotel. On Wednesday. You know? I don't know. So right, having a bad. big panel, letting letting people, because celebration for the attendees. Now that it's online and everything, there's kind of a like, well, I need to attend and wait in line. But having oh. something for the attendees, having a reward for attending and going, do you think getting to see Kenobi drop on Wednesday at a panel ahead of everyone? Yeah. I think you know is 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 allowed or uh, you know something that that they can do. You do. think they're gonna have let celebration like? Um, like a theater room and you can watch Kenobi there with an audience of people. Is that going to be if, something? Maybe? If they don't do it, if they don't do it in a panel form or, um, you yeah. know, a big gathering form type of thing or whatever, and, 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 and get the preview of it there in all three halls or however they might do it, then yeah, yeah I would they have you in there with, that, and then premiering it. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That night or something that they were, or whatever day. Yeah. They have that. I don't know if they, I haven't even looked at celebration at all. Um, if they're having that sort of viewing room where something's playing, all the, although to me, that was a waste of space because really I wasn't going to celebration and then going to go watch empire strikes back or something in a room that's playing. This is before, um, online and on demand or whatever, but just it was like, no, I didn't go the whole way there to watch a movie that I can watch anytime I want. I went, went there for all the other content. So I don't know how well those attended those things ever were, but right. If Ewan's there to have him there, show the 20 minutes screening of the first format, episode or yeah. something, and then the whole audience, and then have him come out on stage and talk about it or whatever, and talk about what's more to come and all that. I, I think that's, that's the reasoning behind it, I'm sure, and excited for those that are attending Celebration that they would get such. I have no problem with them getting to see it ahead of time. Hey, I did uh, some research on the colors of uh, sabers. And, um, oh, don't you cursor to us. Cursory research. <laughs> well, I was listening. I was listening. <laughs> cursory research. Um, and yep. uh, just a quick, it seems Kenner made it up, basically. Uh, they, wanted a, they thought they wanted a different color figure for each toys or each figure a different mm -hmm. color saber for each figure so that you knew whose was whose if they mm -hmm. got separated or something like that and clearly that to me kind of speaks volumes makes sense they're seeing this marketing like the, like the picture that we saw um, um sent to them and 
no one knew what Star Wars was going to be. They were just making figures for a movie like they had done some others that, you know, had limited success. Uh, the kids would buy the figures for a, little, for a couple months after the movies or whatever, and then it was on to the next one. It wasn't like they knew what they were making figures for an iconic lightning in a bottle sci-fi they, flick. They didn't that became, expect anyone to still make that puzzle 45 years later. <laughs> so, the, the, yeah. so there, there wasn't a need to be screen accurate, you know, and, and, and accurate to the uh, respectful of the figures or the characters that were seen on screen and what they held and all that sort of stuff. So apparently there was, I found a story. They did that. The Mace Windu, there was a Mace Windu, um, mail away figure or something and because he had never l lit his lightsaber when we saw him in in his his first movie or whatever they, they just sent him with a blue one not knowing that he was going to get the you know it'd be a purple one or whatever so right. so yeah there, there's something to the chicken the egg the, the what's ahead of it in terms of the the lead time the lag time to getting these things produced as to as to what they come with but yeah there's really really no great reasoning behind it all other than uh, just the kenner guys basically made it up so that each figure was a different didn't color know we were looking at the hilts <laughs> yeah, yeah, which one. yeah well those early figures didn't even have it. they slid out of their arm yeah. that's true okay well thank you very much everybody it's uh it's been been fun fun as as always i really enjoyed that uh, today and uh thanks for wrong for coming back with uh, the little uh, trivia at the end so thank you very much, everybody. We will be back in about a month's time on your favorite podcast network, wherever that may be. Same Star so. Wars time, same Star Wars channel. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> See you in a month. Well, later, earlier, before that. Bye. Bye, -bye. May the force be with you. Bye now. We're like Cheers. Go <laughs> switch off. Be sure to follow us online. We're at Facebook at PSW Senate. Join our Plus W Star Wars Facebook group where we all are in there interacting. You can find us on Twitter at PSW Senate. On Instagram, we're at PSW Senate Podcast. And on TikTok, we're at PSW Senate Podcast. We look forward to hearing from you. The Force will be with you. Always.
not a thing for Steven at all. So. It's the four horsemen. <laughs> the four horsemen. The oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> the apocalypse. Yeah, no, it's the just last rider was uh, dead. Um, no, no Marie, unfortunately. Both of those movies, they're not the best, but if they come on the telly, uh, you got me saying it like that. If they come on the TV, um, I won't turn them off. Uh, they're just mindless enter entertainment. Which was on. The magic movies, Can You See Me Now or something like that with Woody Harrelson. Oh, yeah. Um, Ruffalo and... Now You See, well, like, did I now you see Me, yeah. I anyway, watch that one. I've yeah. not seen any of them. They're good. I like my, my wife. Like they're entertaining. Yep. For me, the Four Horsemen come from wrestling, not from the uh, movie. I forgot that's what they were called. <laughs> the Four Horsemen from that movie. Huh. Yeah, Rick Flair, Arn Anderson, Flair, all them. Barry Anderson, yeah, Arn Anderson. Bar Barry, is it Anderson? Was he Barry Anderson? Yeah. Barry Wood, 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 uh, Arn Anderson, Rick Flair, and Barry. Was he Barry? It wasn't Wink. It was a Winkleman. No, it was Barry yeah. Rip. Something. Winman. 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 Win. Something like that. That sounds close. It's close, isn't it? It's with a W. Yeah. That's that. that they're the four horsemen to me. That's only three, though. We've got there's another one. So were the British bulldogs actually British? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, they were. They were. They were actually all. They were British. Four horsemen of the pockets. No, they weren't that. Wrestling. And I need to know who the other fourth one is in a minute. Uh, I've never heard it. I've never heard it before. Oh, whoever's type, whoever's typing. Oh, I know oh, no, the original ones was Rick Flair, Arn Anderson, Oh Anderson, and Tony Blanchard. But then it did develop, didn't it? By the time I knew it in the eighties, it was uh, it moved. Barry Wind, Wind Windham, Barry Windham. Wind, yes, Barry Windham. Yeah, that's it. That's when. That's pretty much when I knew it. Well, I knew a bit of Sting and Sid Fishes and that stuff. Oh man, there were the days. Over the days, yeah, no, British Bulldogs definitely British. Okay, I never, we, I never really watched wrestling, but I feel like when I was a kid, it was like super popular. And, like, oh, I did. When I, everywhere. When I was a teen, I was watching it all the time. Like with Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man and yeah. the Hulk. I tried to watch some of it now, and it's just absolute rubbish. I really can't get into it. I still watch it now yeah. and then, but since I turned off my cable, I don't watch it at all. But I, yeah, I've been following wrestling for. Since the 80s. It's, it's absolute rubbish. Yeah, because it was so posh and so, so spot on back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I think your sensibilities may have, may have, may have changed. Well, I mean, Although I, there are grown ass men that really I enjoy the watching, hell of it. I keep watching clips from the NWO um, stuff on, on YouTube and stuff. That was just magic. That, that era really was the NWO and stuff. That just, it just felt so, uh, as I keep saying, a lot of these documentaries I keep watching, it, was, it just felt so real. Um, and that's you watch it now. You say not then in the current WWE and stuff. I think well, I've seen these matches a hundred times before. The same old, the same old thing. You know what's going to happen, sort of thing. The same old acting around. It's like going to watch a pantomime, which you, you guys don't get over there, don't think. Um, but yeah, I think it, you really need you really need some really strong, larger than life characters like we have with like The Rock, Stone Cold. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I used you, to watch. You, I used to like watching him. Yeah. Like, I was watching him. Watch the rock. He was funny. But you, when, you watch it for the characters, really, a lot more than the actual wrestling. I think that's uh, a show, moment, I guess. Yeah, at the moment, I don't think. A, I know. always, I always considered it just to be a male soap opera. So yeah. I just sit there yeah, and I enjoy true. the, I enjoy the story being told, as wonky as it is. Like you're the father, and now you have to wrestle him 
in a ladder match to gain custody. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm all about, baby. <laughs> that's a great analogy. Really yeah, is. and then plus with amazing athleticism. So, oh, I mean, there's no doubt about it. These guys are, are, are you know, they're very well athletic. They're you know, very well pumped, and they take a lot of, you know, take a lot of bumps and pain and stuff. There's no doubt about it. You can't do that about being fit, strong, and also, you know, suffering for your for your sport. Really, it's like it's like being a full time stuntman, isn't it? Really. Yeah. And yeah, you, and the, you know, they travel like five days a week. Yeah, I mean, they, you take a lot. I mean, I mean, I know these. I know these ladders. Ladders are made of probably aluminium, um, and the uh, tables are probably like bolts of wood or something like that. But I mean, it's, it still hurts. And I still, I still, I don't know what they, I don't know what they use for the. Um, I do have a fear of getting hit by a chair because of wrestling. <laughs> no, was, <laughs> my neck. I like the um, when they get the drawing pins out and they roll them across the ring and then somebody gives somebody, you know, lifts somebody up and throws them on their back and the drawing pins. I mean, I don't care if they're simple drawing pins or not. That's still going to blow my heart, I tell you. Wait, wait, what are you, what, drawing pins? Drawing pins? Yeah, well, tack pins. Well, tack pins. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're called thumbtacks. You call them drawing pins? Drawing pins, we would call them, yeah. Push pins? I've never heard that. So, interesting, wait. Um, so we have the we have the thumbtacks that you can like pinch between your two fingers to pull out, and then we have the flat-headed ones that you kind of have to get your fingernail up oh. under in order yes. to pull out. Yes. Which ones are you referring to? Or they're both thumbtacks to us, one's but push, no, one's a pushpin. Push the latter push ones, ones are what we call with the flat pin. head is what you call a drawing pin. Interesting. You, yeah, you wanted to put a poster up on the on the uh, on the notice board or something like that. You would use a, so drawing, a drawing board pin. A drawing pin. Huh. That would yeah. go on a cookboard. Yes. Oh. And that's and one our lesson for the day. Lovely. And that's one of the times where I, you know, I, because I'm one of those males who always grows his nails, so I'm, I quite enjoy taking drawing pins off because I can get my nails around them. But uh, most people are like, oh, oh, no, no, I keep mine really short. No, no, oh, no, no. no I, you, you, you won't want to see mine. You call me a girl. You not... just keep the pinky long so you can do. This uh, audio has been removed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got half nails. I like, I love itching and picking and all that kind of stuff. Okay, folks. <laughs> so let me see. Let me get the script off, and we can get yeah, that's might, the after. This might not be in the after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's way too much TMI <laughs> for the Easter egg, Ricky. No, just, just voice over, just voice over that, and say spice. <laughs> yeah. uh, this yeah. audio has been removed. Do <laughs> <laughs> this. That's a bit like used to get the start of watching the movies in in the cinema, wasn't it? Yeah, don't pirate this this thing that the movies are crime. watching. That's fascinating. Do they even try anymore? I haven't bought a new DVD. I don't know what the latest DVD I've ever bought is, but is there is there any of that the FBI stuff on it? Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's probably still. No, I'd have to check. They just, yeah, find find the most recent DVD or Blu-ray you've ever you've purchased or whatever to see if is there anything on it in in terms of the video that you watch that says Ixnay on the pirating a or irating pay. Well, I'll be buying Spider-Man here yeah, soon, so I can let you know. Well, I tell you, it worked on me. It always freaked me out. Um, <laughs> I had a videographer cousin. He's made all kinds of short movies, entered him into into movie festivals and stuff before the before the internet became a thing and everything. And he made a video where he took all those FBI warnings and spliced yeah. them all together. 
off of, off of all the VHS tapes because they were they were the same but they were different on a lot of you know Paramount had theirs uh, mm-hmm. whoever had theirs they all had something different on her. so his his um, movie festival uh, entry one time was 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 just like two minutes three minutes of it of those FBI warnings everybody was like waiting for the thing to start <laughs> it just played I remember, and played, played I remember and there was up. one that they Credits. had made. There was one they had made that was like a little mini movie, and it just showed people like stealing. And <laughs> they're like piracy; it's not a victimless crime. <laughs> like it was like before the Matrix DVD or something like that. But it was yeah. yeah. You need to attach it to this podcast to start this episode. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you copy this podcast, the FBI will be on your back. <clears throat> okay, good. Better get going because I know we always <clears throat> sometimes we always end up going on uh, too long. We're trying to. Uh, um, keep things into some sort of uh dropping times and stuff okay so hello everyone star wars fans and welcome to oh, i just got a pop-up on my uh... <laughs> 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 so I, get, I get absolutely no messages all the time all the time for hours and then suddenly one pops up when i'm doing the intro <laughs> <laughs> 